Last week, we picked it up again in Kragadan's Furnace, is what these caverns are called, and you can now tell pretty clearly at this point why they might be called Kragadan's Furnace. Um, but you, I believe we started last session with the extremely bright Naga Lair room, where you found the two, the two Nagas and the Trox, and they had attacked you pretty much on site. One of them had given a command to the Trox, and the battle was sort of dangerous. I don't think anybody went down. Nobody was, like, close to death, I don't think, but uh, there Kieran? were some... Was he? Kieran did die. Yeah, Kieran did die, but we're not talking about that Not yet. in that combat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, not, that's, we'll get to that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you were able to put down those foes. Uh, a little bit of a misunderstanding at the very end uh, the the throes of combat had uh, made things so confusing that uh, things almost went awry at the very end when the remaining Naga and Trox had called for a ceasefire but in the end everything worked out just fine no problems I forgot about all of that you know there was misunderstandings and some people didn't hear it and yeah it yeah well, it didn't matter because Jason wasn't going to let me get a cohort anyway, apparently. <laughs> yeah. You know, all my altruism is, is a bluff just so that I can get powerful allies and then max my character further. Yes. But uh, after having negotiated with the two remaining, remaining combatants there, you rested and moved forward through the rest of the tunnels here. You went to a side chamber to the south where you found an interesting painting, uh, a set of paintings uh, with one of the many, many depictions of Nyarlathotep, but before you could really study it or or anything, the ground beneath you gave way and you realized that you were standing in what was once just a chamber of lava that had cooled. And as soon as the ground broke beneath you and Kieran nearly got submerged in the lava but was able to jump out in time before uh, just dying... Uh, the whole chamber began to collapse around you, and you were forced to retreat. And luckily you all made it out there no problem. Uh, none of you were slow enough to get caught in the collapse. But uh, you were able to heal up pretty easily after that. Uh, and with the illusory garbs that Kieran has, he could make it look as though he wasn't missing uh, his pant leg and boot. And Gideon had like three extra pairs of pants, uh, not pants, boots because he's got like seven outfits. That is something I need to bring up that I noticed after the fact was I realized that I was wearing the sleeves of many garments and also the bracers of armor, which both take up the arm slot or hand slot or whatever. Wait, so Sarah so, was cheating? So I removed oh the bracers of armor. My. I kept the sleeves of many garments on. The bracers of armor came off. They're in the party inventory to sell, so... Oh my Just had to put that out there because I'm an honest player. The absolute most flavored cheat that I have ever seen. <laughs> and I got rid of the thing that's mechanically good for me. <laughs> the most non-mechanical cheat. Ever. Well, the reason why I did that is I'll just go back to casting mage armor. It is a better bonus anyway, and now it lasts a lot longer, so it's fine. But uh, moving on to the next chamber... You guys came face to face with an ancient horror of the under of the underdark, called the Kardajin, and uh, it is 
basically Pathfinder's version of the Beholder in a sense. Uh, it has many tentacles that it can do many different abilities, including ray attacks, which proved to be highly effective against the uh, low touch AC, high normal AC party. You, you know, like, like okay, who has a high touch AC? Who? Monks. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. I'll accept that rebuttal. So yeah, the uh, the plus 22 or whatever the heck it was, touch attack, did quite a bit of damage to everybody. And uh, it was not until a little later into the fight when you realized that it had constant true seeing and that your displacements and mirror images and all that stuff were useless that things got really interesting. And Kieran's ability to, uh, with blind fight, basically ignore most concealment pretty easily uh, did a bunch of damage to the creature which made it go full offensive and with some unlucky rolls ended up with Kieran actually dying in that combat and uh, because of the mirror images uh, Breath of Life was not able to go off quick enough to bring him back up which is something I noticed very interestingly the second time now where defensive support spells have actually oh. caused seriously hindered yeah 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 i've never had that happen before but in this campaign within the span of two or three sessions yep yep i yep. also love how you had posted over on the uh the subreddit as asking for some just confirmation and clarification that that's in fact how it works yeah just just making sure but Luckily, you guys do have uh, things at your disposal. You not only had a scroll of Raised Dead, but you all had an actual diamond, so you could cast Raised Dead. And I think you were able to use a scroll of Restoration. Like, you cast actual Raised Dead and then a scroll of Restoration. That's correct. So, uh, one scroll of restora Restoration was used and has now uh, yeah. thus been expended. But with that, Kieran did come back to life and has one permanent negative level for pretty much a week until you guys can get that one gone again but overall a minor setback for the party so you then moved forward to the next chamber from which you saw a red glowing light and as you entered the next large chamber you were faced with a lake of lava and that is where we left off and where we will jump back in so I will, I will uh, re-describe the scene for you here. As you exit this tunnel, you come to a beach of glassy stone that edges a vast lake of lava, stretching on for hundreds of feet. An ancient lava tube exits to the west, while to the north you see an ascending path of rock curves up the sides of this immense chamber. The path rises seven or so hundred feet before abruptly stopping at a distant large stone arched door you can see in the glow of the lava light. A structure looking like an angled block of stone floats gently atop the bubbling pool of lava some twenty feet from the shore. The upper side of this structure has cracked open, exposing a hollow interior. The ceiling of this large chamber is shrouded in darkness and rises at least several hundred feet. Clusters of metal and ceramic piping descend from above to divert heat, steam, and noxious gases up through the ceiling. And 
that is what you see. The moment you guys enter this chamber, though, you are faced and just assaulted with extraordinary heat, which is not surprising for a lake of lava. Uh, the moment you enter the chamber, uh, you all take six points of fire damage. Which would make Kieran back out of the chamber, and I will cast Resist Energy Fire on myself, Jessup, and Orin, because I believe Gideon had something from last time. That yes, was... Gideon had cast Resist Fire on himself before the card to Jean just switched to a different element. Yeah. So you guys will each get Resist Energy 20 against Fire. Uh, so you'll take the six, but then I'll cast that, which will hopefully negate any of the just fire damage from being in this room. I had cast protection from energy. You would cast not resist energy, you cast protection? Yes. Okay. Uh, so you'll just have to keep ticking it up. Yes. So like how many round, like how much each round will I take? It's not per round, I'll I'll tell you. But for now, it's just as you enter the chamber, you're just breathing in the air. It is so hot that you're literally burning your lungs just from the air itself. But as soon as you cast... So Gideon, you're fine because you have protection. But as soon as Kieran casts the resistance on the three of you, you walk back into the chamber and you feel like you can you can manage pretty pretty well. Oh, Kieran does not like this at all. I think he's developing a fear of fire. Kieran, it's fine. Just, uh, you know, don't do the hokey pokey again in the lava, and I think you'll be all right. Well, I don't plan on it. I'm almost out of spells, though, is the only thing, so I don't have much to get me out of a bind if I get into one. Ah, who needs spells? What's the thing in... The thing there is there's a stone structure that's floating in the lake of lava, and the upper half of it is cracked open, and it looks like it's hollow. There's a hollow interior to whatever this stone structure is. It's a lava boat. What would you like to do? So, I guess since uh, Jessup isn't too worried about the hotness, what uh, what are available paths? It looks like there is a steep path this way that looks like that there is no reason to be alarmed. Gideon, would uh, or Kieran, would you uh, be willing to fly over and investigate that uh, structure? I mean, I, I understand what I'm asking. It's a, it's a bit much, so feel free to say no. I just... And, yeah, and they fly, you know. But, I'm uh, just, you so know. It's a lake of lava, I understand. It, uh, yeah. That's the thing is, you know, I don't know if there's anything in the lava where if I try to fly over, it's going to suddenly reach out, grab me, and try to pull me in. And I don't know if I'm willing to take that chance. Yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a good point. Jessup turns. Could you cast Fly and Gideon? Yeah, that'll go, that'll go well. All 800 pounds of armor that he's got on. Uh, he shall not falter. <laughs> not quite 800, Kieran. I think it's only seven. <laughs> oh, that, okay. My bad. I'll remember that next time. Seven pounds? That's really light. Jessup, you're you're pretty lithe. Do you want me to cast it on you and you can fly over? I... Sure. <laughs> I mean... You don't I... have to. I don't know if there's any... No, no, no. no. I, I, yeah, I don't... No one has to do it. It was just a good-natured ribbing. I, it was a joke. Well, speaking of, I mean, Orin, if you're if you're feeling adventurous, I can I can throw it on you. Yeah, you're so close to home, you could taste it. That's actually the fire breath. I, I, uh, I, I don't I don't know how to fly. 
Oh, it's easy. Once you get it cast on you, you just kind of think and have to roll a fly check here or there. You'll be fine. No problem. <laughs> negative eight fly <laughs> skill. Yeah, I have a negative well, eight to my fly. I give you half my caster level, so... Woo, six, four. Five. Five. <laughs> five. <laughs> so five. Great. Awesome. So Good minus three. Awesome. So Good I'm assuming if we try to go over it this way, Jason, it's going to be pretty like slick or something. Is it like slanting toward the lava or back down to us? Or? Uh, no, it, it doesn't look like it's particularly slick or slippery or slanted. Uh, it It's just a, a stone pathway that goes along the edge of the the area. You You don't immediately think that it would necessarily be treacherous. Ah... Uh. I gotta. I, I say we should phone a deity on this one, Gideon. <laughs> we can. Uh, so Gideon's gonna take a step up and just kind of narrow his gaze. Um, check out. Is there anything that stands out here about this particular structure? This is for sure a dead end. And how far north can he see? Okay, go ahead and roll a perception check. Jessup should start up his uh, inspire confidence to help Ooh. Gideon see better. That's a six. That's not bad, though. On a six on the die. So a 30. Yeah. All right. And uh, say again what you were looking for. Um, How far north uh, this passage uh, goes before it winds out of sight. Confirmation that this is a dead end, or maybe there's something there they don't see. Um, And if there's anything of interest on this structure. Okay. So to the south, it does appear to be a dead end. You are standing on functionally a beach. Right, like a beach of glassy stone. Okay, so I but had there's the nothing Im- to the bottom of you, and we're not up. Like this isn't like a pit of lava below us. It's like no, that's like you could step in it right now if you wanted to. I, I don't want to do that. But thank so you. the other question, as far as the the northern passage, the no, the northern uh, walkway, a path of rock curves up the side of the massive chamber. The path rises several hundred feet before abruptly stopping at a large stone arched door that you can see in the distance. So we can see the door. You can see a door, a large door that uh, this passage, this uh, walkway leads up to. And it's it's pretty high up, but it's just at the point where the glow of the lava still illuminates it enough for you to see. So looking into that hollow interior of the central building. So yeah, you can't see inside of it because you are standing... Technically, it's a little bit above you because it's floating above the lava. You can tell that it's hollow and has seemingly a, a, a hollow interior, but you can't see inside of it necessarily to know what might be inside. However, with your 30 uh, perception check, you do notice something else. You're looking at the area. You're looking ahead into the lake of lava. You're just trying to take in your surroundings, studying everything. You see that there are three patches of lava that don't seem to move quite right. There's a very, very, I don't know if you'd call it a current, but there's a very slow movement of lava throughout this lake that you can follow, uh, kind of like a slight ebb and ebb and and flow of it. Uh, But there are three spots that seem like stationary. They're not following the same flow as the others. Uh, Jessup. Sure, what's up? Do you you see there? And he kind of points to the different things. Ever seen anything like that before? Creature, maybe, that lives in lava or some kind of... Ah, uh, here, let me squint my aged eyes here to see what you're pointing at. Do I see what he's referencing? 
you can make an yeah you can you can see the the spots that he points out and you can make a just roll an intelligence check for me i rolled to aid <laughs> okay you're so uh, smart jessup let me, let me see your stat block to see if you could aid on this check uh you can you can aid on this check oh i can so yeah. it's, it's just a straight intelligence check you said uh yeah i'm because i'm looking at your uh your stats to see what it what it would be okay so i have that number okay so i got a 10 i'm about <laughs> as even keyed as i could be and uh so gideon did aid so well, i guess would it are, is it a knowledge check that you're trying to figure out because i would roll with advantage because i have investigative mind okay roll another intelligence i guess that's check. why i was asking if it was intelligence or knowledge but all yeah, right yeah, so yeah. i'm just gonna roll all right, I'm okay. taking the 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never mind. Okay. Yeah, let's take the 10. With Gideon's aid, I mean, I think you just hit the DC on your own, but with Gideon's aid for sure, you do uh, have a little bit of spark of recognition in your head. There are not very many creatures that could just sit in lava. The one that would come to your mind are magma elementals. Yes, that would be the first one you would think of. Oh, that might be. Uh, can uh, is there any way, Jason, that you could just indicate on the map where they are? Oh uh, yeah. So the 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 sections that you don't see moving are there, there, and there. Those are the three sections. That Holy you... crap! That's pretty close. Just take a step back. Oh well. Uh, I think maybe they could be magma elementals, creatures that uh, live in burrow and lava. I mean, that's nothing I want to trifle with. This resists energy. <laughs> uh, I don't know much about them, Jessup. Are they? dangerous i wouldn't give it a hug <laughs> fair enough i mean probably anything could be dangerous i mean i don't know i'd rather not aggravate them if we can avoid it i can just dimension door us up to that door if we want to bypass the whole path leading up there i think that very well could be best i've got one of those left so uh <laughs> With only one, I, I wonder about... Well, I, I I have that that new thing I haven't done yet, teleport. I've got one of those if we really get into a bind. Well, it's your powers. I'll let you do what you think is best, Kieran, and uh, I'll go along with it. All right, well, did you want to inspect that hollow building? I'm not volunteering. I'm not, I'm not going to do that, but if you want to, I'll wait for you. Is this elevated, Jason, up here? Yeah, so... Is you, as soon as you get to the first like little horizontal line on the path, it starts to go upwards. Okay, so, so feasibly we can see down into it, maybe up here? Yeah, if you got up there, you might be able to see into it a little bit. But uh, from your, your current point of view, you can't. But also I would point out, so assuming that these are indeed magma elementals, they haven't made any movements from your presence. You don't know if they would care about you going up the the staircase it's up to you if you'd like to dimension door or not but it does raise up so you could always attempt to ascend quickly enough to get out of reach even if they did get angry so that i'll just leave that to your discretion whether you'd like to take uh that little bit of risk or just play it safe yeah that or i can try to figure out what language they speak and try to talk to them you know because that probably always works huh uh, I will admit, Kieran, I, I am somewhat curious what might still be there, but I suspect it's nothing. It just looks like some kind of building or structure, though, that had me curious. 
Well, we could always do this the old-fashioned way. We could just tie ropes to each other, and that way if one of us slips and falls, we've got a chance to keep him from falling in the lava. But I also can use the spell if if you'd rather me do that. Well, why don't we, uh, well, that, that won't work. Never mind. What? Oh, well, I, if, if Kieran had more uh, uses of Dimension Door, we could feasibly go to the top here and Dimension Door in and then Dimension Door back out, but... You know, uh, only has one use for today, so... Yeah, sorry good. about that. Something about yeah, dying yeah. and coming back, just don't have all my abilities anymore. Yep. Nope, that, yeah, I've been, I've heard that happens. Yep, it's, it's not great. It's really not great in a variety of ways. I'd like to avoid it. I mean, better than being dead, though. Oh, 100%. Like, we had this conversation. I'm going to come back every single time if you call me to come back, but... I'd rather not get to that point where I have to make that decision, you know what I mean? How tall is this building? He's gonna jump it! You don't know how deep into the lava it is, but the part that is exposed is probably about five or six feet up. And it's not melting at its edges? Nope. More of an engineering for you. If you if you want to cast fly, um, I'm willing to go. I, I'm not sure how much it would help. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see if I take off the armor. What what that does? This can only go well. There's nothing bad that can happen. <laughs> <Go swimmingly, guys. laughs> I would. <laughs> but I kind of want to see how it plays out. I mean, I kind of really want to see what's in there. Uh, I don't. Kieran does not care. There's nothing in there that's gonna entice him to fly over a lake of lava with magma elementals in it. See, where where Kieran grew up, they had a saying called Curiosity Kills the Cat, but they didn't have that saying where Gideon... <laughs> yeah, <grew up>. right? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, where Gideon's from, it's Curiosity is Unclear. Curiosity is Unclear. <laughs> so, um, Gideon, you take uh, another four points of fire off of your protection. Okay. What what happens if I, like, with with protection and uh, and my clothing, if I touch lava what why what are you I doing mean, you'd be protected okay until you ran out of the spell and then things would get interesting yeah i'm not gonna do it i was just curious <laughs> i was just just curious okay i can uh i i can let it go i i mean i've got i've got two uses of fly gideon i wouldn't advise it because if something happens uh, we can't get you out of there no, there, there can't be anything in there that really matters. Which <laughs> is interesting. Whatever's I mean, there probably is. It's probably something super important. But uh, it's I'd... probably plot relevant. We probably need it to get into Krakadan. In which case, uh, we'll just come back here and grab it. Like I said earlier, it's probably a key that weighs five point oh one pounds. Right, <laughs> just enough so that Mage Hand can't pull it back. Is there anything supernatural that's keeping the structure from not succumbing to being burned? Do we detect magic? Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Blue, 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 blue. You blue, detect blue. magic. You don't detect that the structure is magical in any way. Got to roll a knowledge like engineering. Yeah, go for that it. That helps with figuring out about like material components. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... Go for it. I'm just gonna do my ra- oh twenty. So okay. another ten. Uh, so you're looking at it. Whatever it is, it definitely looks like it was dwarven made. It's either due to time or due to the presence and extreme heat of the lava any etchings or uh, architectural designs have been eroded away enough that 
Like, you can tell it's dwarven, but you can't get any, like, cool details. Like, it's not any well-preserved art piece or anything. I'm sure if there's any details, they'd be hot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you can tell that it looks like the vault. Uh, the vault. The, uh, oh, I want to go. I go. <laughs> I it was made out of uh, basalt or basalt, uh, whatever it's, it's, however you pronounce that, basalt, and has just naturally proven too durable for the magma to melt, it seems. It doesn't look like it was magically preserved. It's just an extremely durable material. It's uh, just very tempered stone, Gideon, that probably has no relevance whatsoever. And it's basalt, not a vault. I <clears throat> misspoke. My apologies. It could be a basalt vault, perhaps. You know, whose side are you on, Kieran? I'm, I'm sorry. I should just keep quiet. Don't you know you can't joke around that man? I, I understand. I just don't feel well. Well, death will happen to you like that. So uh, do we want to try to maybe just go across ourselves? And then worst case, if Kieran needs to try to bamf us out, we can beg and plead for our lives. That seems like a good idea. It's not, but it's probably one of the best ones we got. It'll be fine. All right, Kieran's going to bring up the rear, I guess. <gasps> Across the first line! Does anything happen? <laughs> no. Nothing first checkpoint. <laughs> Across the second line! Wait, Orin, quick save! <laughs> quick, quick save! <laughs> quick save every step! What are you doing? Uh, Jason, I'd like to save, please. <laughs> we pressed F5. Well, yeah. Uh, this is amazing. I want to see what's in there so bad, but I Stop, don't have right, the tools. Well, Kieran's I, just waiting for or, or for Gideon to go. <laughs> yeah, no, Gideon, Gideon goes. He's just, oh, the whole no. time, he keeps kind of, like, looking back longingly. Can we, can we see in it now from where Yeah, now that we're higher up. Yep, so you look, once you get to a higher up point, you look inside of it, and it's very difficult to see anything clearly, but it looks like the entire interior of the structure the entire bottom of it has like a molten sort of flooring. You're looking at it a little closer. It looks like whatever was inside of this structure, there was probably an extraordinarily uh, large amount of gold and silver items that have hence been melted into just molten electrum that covers the entire floor of the structure. And it's, it's so hot that it's just like permanently melted gold and silver throughout the entire floor. You don't know how deep it is, but it would probably be... You would guess it would probably be hotter inside the structure than it would be outside of it. How can we safely extract this? <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's an option. <laughs> well, obviously, we, we press on. Does it look like it burned in the last like five minutes while we were talking? This gold fortune just going away? So it says here, yeah, the extreme heat destroyed most of blah, 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 and melted the stockpile of gold and silver into knee deep pool of uh, a knee deep pool of liquid electrum. The electrum is hot enough to inflict horrific burns without magical protection. But here's the thing. It is worth a certain amount. If the PCs can figure out how to extract it, doesn't tell me how to do it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's magical means to extract it. You know, some creative shenanigans with pocket dimensions. But I'm not gonna mess with it. Let's just go. 
yeah, I will show you as you guys ascend the pathway, I will show you what uh, what you decided not to encounter. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Because these are some of the coolest tokens that I have. It's just vomiting fire. That's no, gross. It, it is fire. Yeah, it's amazing. I love that awesome. art. They only have two fingers, though. That's got to be make picking stuff up different. I take it back. Let's fight them. <laughs> no. Let's fight them. Yeah. No. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you, you don't want Jason not to use his tokens. So you guys get to the top of this pathway and you arrive at this large stone door. The stone path curves up to the northern side of this immense chamber housing the lake, the, the lava lake. It rises several hundred feet before abruptly stopping at a stone arched entrance. And you can see this large stone, stone door. You walk up to it and I don't know, do you guys try to bang on it? Open it, push on it. Do you just go ahead and bang on it? What do you do? I try and open it. Careful, it might be hot. I got protection. We'll be fine. Live forever. You go to push on it, and it it does not budge. It uh, it seems like it is either locked or reinforced or. I pull in. Maybe the pull door. <laughs> There's no levers to pull on it. There there is a there is a mechanism you think that would be like a key sort of thing. Oh lord, it's in the vault. So Kieran would try to take 20 on a strength check to push against it. Yeah, get those abs out. What does that get you? There's no magical ward or arcane or alarm spell or like arcane lock or anything. Uh, yes, uh, it looks like the the doorway has uh, an aura of abjuration around it. Oh. Oh, does it? Oh, well, then that would be stupid of me to try to open it if it's magically sealed. I guess I could still try, but we also have the chime of opening, which dispels magical. Well, I can try to uh, disable the device again. Do we have a key? I mean, I, maybe I'm forgetting. Perhaps there's a key? None of you are aware of having any sort of key. If you're looking around the area, around the, the little alcove that this door is into, you would see, Gideon especially with your perception, you would see something in the corner, a small pouch. If you walked over and, and picked it up, you would see that it appears to be a set of masterwork thieves tools, and it bears the insignia of the Iron Fang Legion on it. Oh, Kieran walks over and he goes, oh, sorry, those are mine. I dropped those. <laughs> oh, that makes so Ball much sense. The whole time. Oh my god. The Oops, did time. I just spill a secret? <laughs> Actually, I, I don't think that we're the first ones to pass through here. Um, looks like some members of the Legion might have tried. And he passes it over to Jessup. That's their symbol, yes? Hmm, how did they get past the, uh, the Nagas and the Trucks? They might be working together. I guess maybe. Which means, well... Either they were all killed and this is the only thing that remains or they were able to get through. Anyone who wishes or the party as a whole, however you want to handle it, uh, give me a survival check. Uh, in the meantime, Jason, I would like to take my chime of opening and strike it once near the door. So okay. as a reminder, a chime of opening automatically dispels a hold portal spell or even an arcane lock spell cast by a spellcaster of lower than 15th level. 
So I'll just expend a charge off of that just for the fun of it to see what happens, if anything. I'm going to aid whoever had the highest bonus. I will aid somebody as well. <laughs> nope. Nice. Nope. <laughs> okay, so 18 <laughs> negative is one. what I rolled. So 20. Because mine was a straight check. It was not okay. an aid. Yeah, because yours you have the highest bonus at four, yeah. Four. Wow, guys. We're, We're not weird. good at surviving. <laughs> Kieran especially. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, Kieran's died twice, so that's how his survival's going. Uh, yeah, you don't really notice anything of, of note. Like, like you're looking around and you're trying to see, like, what left this pouch behind? How long ago was it? How many creatures might have come through here? You're looking for any sort of information that might shed some light on it. You just, you just don't know. Yeah, I was thinking if the door had been open, like if it had some marks of being open. Any fancy stonework, Jason, that Orin might notice? Or Kieran um, with his belt. Because he's technically a dwarf now. Yes. You, don't, you don't detect any stone-related hidden doors or stone-related hidden traps or anything. It looks like this is just an extremely sturdy reinforced dwarven door. And After... Uh, you, you hit the chime, it doesn't appear to do anything. Even right. And so if I detect magic again, it still has the abjuration. Uh, yep, still has abjuration. You could, um, I think you can try to identify it. Can I roll to aid someone to identify it? Because I have spellcraft four. Uh, yeah, yeah, if you if I you could... point it out to somebody, then you could you could all try to spellcraft what the abjuration spell is. Mine is an aid because I usually either aid Kieran or I aid Jessup. Whoever has the highest on Eden. I usually aid Kieran. Yeah, so I currently have a 15, but it's actually going to be a 14. Well, and I don't, I was just about to say, I don't know if you'd want me to roll it because I'm energy drained, but it would just be minus one to my. Oh, well, you guys can conveniently use Jessup's roll if you prefer. No, I'll I'll roll it, and I I don't know if this is going to calculate correctly, so wow. That's, it did. Six, so 20, what, 24? 24 with the aids. Okay, uh, so that is enough to identify that it is, you'd have to assume the second half of it, but it would be a pretty easy assumption to make. The abjuration spell is uh, resistance against fire, uh, oh. and you would assume that it also is permanent. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. So this door is permanently like made immune to heat, basically. Uh, that's convenient. I'd like that for myself. Soren gives the old knuckle crack. Should we uh, try some force then? Uh, do you want me to take a crack and try to pick the lock like maybe the Legion did? I think that's probably the smarter approach, and he'll step back. Yeah, I mean, the alternative, Warren, you and I can bring out the muscle and try to bust our way in. Yeah, just let us know when you uh, give up, Jessup. We'll push oh, <laughs> those are oh, getting I hope, you get a nat, I hope you get a nat 20, bud. <laughs> I really hope you get a nat you 20. Pr- prove him wrong. Prove him wrong. I'll go uh, handle this door over here. Gideon, why don't you take the fly spell and go down that platform? So uh, <laughs> as he walks past, Gideon kind of shuffles uh, a quiet bit to Orin. Five gold coins, he gets it on the first try. <laughs> well, I bet you Orin's going to win because Jessup's going to take a 20, lols. <laughs> okay. So you take a 20 on your disabled device check. What yes. does that get you? So with, I already had Thieves Tools, um, but I have a 10 bonus, so that would give me a 30. So you go up to this door, and uh, you get your Thieves Tools out, and you're working at the mechanism for a bit. And 
so two minutes go by because you're taking 20. Gideon, another three, and then another three. So another six off of your protection against fire. And after that time, Jessup, you just kind of sigh and shake your head and you don't think there's any chance of you picking this lock. Oh, I'm sorry, Jessup. I was actually rooting for you. Man, I really need to put some ranks in this here. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I've got one more dimension door. I could just dimension door us to the other side. Uh, but we might fall into lava. I, I <laughs> yeah, well, I guess, uh, do you guys want to try a muscular approach? The old strength. Uh, just move over here and just give you some words of encouragement. Some flavor inspired courage. You could do it. Alright, so I guess we'll try to just push it open, Jason. Roll strength check. Can I take 20? Okay, what does that get you? Uh, with my... What? For me. 35. What? We got a plus 15 to strength. Oh, oh god, no! I'm looking at my score. Holy crap. <laughs> 20, uh, 22. Oh okay. Jeez, 35. <laughs> well, you know, if I bump up, you know, I got full strength there. I can you know, throw that in. And... Yeah, so I'm energy drained, so mine's actually going to be a 24. So you guys are pushing on the door, and it's uh, it's not it's not budging. It is a massive stone door, and you do think that it has been reinforced. You it it might not be impossible, but uh, would be extremely difficult. Orange just shouts, "Hello!" and dwarven. The magma elementals <laughs> in in their language is like no. <laughs> Great. Great. All the way we survive all the way to level twelve. Stop by door. So many we can't get through a door. Alright, listen. Uh. What we can dimension door over and I've got a teleport, so if things go bad, we're already hanging onto each other. I can just Wait, is cast teleport. This is oh Lord. Oh. Did, wait, 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 Jessup's dead! Go through the dimension door! Jessup's dead! Jessup will roll a perform oratory and speak in Golem to have Golem? the door. Golem. Yes. Golem. In Golem. Not, uh, what's their language? Yeah. Igar? 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 is fire language. Terran is the earth language. Yeah. So are they earth? They would be earth. They should be earth. Who knows? No, they're magnum. Come on, they're, they're fire probably, right? No, they're earth, because it's rocks that you are know, hot. They're fire it, rocks. It'd be anything. <laughs> they're fire rocks. It's fire rocks. Okay, I, uh, um, I, Karen, I think that's probably the best bet at this point. I'm, I'm at a loss. Let's dimension door and hope for the best. All right. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, it's fine. We'll be fine. I can just teleport us. I don't know where I'm teleporting yet, but if worse comes worse, we'll just go back to Long Shadow. Is there any way for us to tell how thick this door is? I uh, say dimension door. Can you just say, I want to go 10, 15 feet that way? Yeah. It's just dimensional magic. Why not? Yeah, I don't see why not. And we all teleport inside of a table and it cuts us in half. Yeah, it says you always arrive at exactly the spot desired, whether by simply visualizing the area or by stating direction. So I state that way. Yes, okay. we're picking up the lock, lock picks. Yeah, if we have nobody one. else's. I figured okay. yeah, Jessup I just, would I, take I it. I didn't know if you guys. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We would be taking those with us. Okay. All right. Everybody gather wow, around. Wow, 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 wow. And I'm very much trusting you, Kieran. He kind of laughs like, <laughs> and then casts it. Okay. You cast Dimension Door and you all with a visible boomph just on the other side of the door, and unfortunately, the entire chamber is filled with lava. No. Ah! 
We fall 200 feet into an acid pit. No, better yet, we're probably just gonna be in this, like, 10-foot-thick door, and Gideon and right. uh, Jessup get shunted out. They get shunted taking... back into the lava pit. Yeah, <laughs> just die <laughs> after taking ridiculous amounts of damage. Corpse unrecoverable as it is incinerated immediately. Well, Jessup has resistant energy fire, so he slowly burns and dies. Good for yeah. Jessup. Good for Oof. Jessup. We might He'll be able to get his body out. You just pull a, a Smeagol or a Gollum falling into the right. Mountain Doom and just slowly. <laughs> He's got slow fall with his ring too, so he slowly falls. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> slowly falls. Oh, that'd be terrible. In the following chamber. Watch us have bamfed into like 50 Iron Fig Legion just standing there and camped out. This is actually where their base of operations has been the whole time. <laughs> we oh. can take This is inside an Onyx Tower. <laughs> great, great. They're like, uh, the dwarves would never expect, expect us to just be in their own <laughs> city. <laughs> right, we were supposed to go this way, actually. Even though it's not indicated on the map, there was a secret passage. And uh, this, this was not the right way to go. So you guys dimension door to the other side of this, uh, this large stone door. And you find yourselves in a long tunnel. And it slowly goes upwards. It meets a worn staircase, a very old worn staircase that goes upwards out of sight. We're alive, I guess. We're alive, I suppose. We should go up the staircase. Jessup turns around to the door. It's like, is there a latch or something that he can unclick to open the door or something? <laughs> it's or? like one of those, it's like a normal doorknob where it has just the turn lock, like a little like <laughs> on the doorknob. That's all that was holding it was a little doorknob. Yeah. Turns out it truly was a pull door this whole time and we're just pushing on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it doesn't look like this door can be opened without proper the proper key or, or mechanism to open it. Huh. Or a really good disabled device check. Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody's going to be very surprised at us coming. <laughs> I don't think they anybody would have expected us to get through this door. But well, you know that we're still might alive. Be a good thing, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. What's his face? Gideon will do one last check for an alarm. I don't know if you can detect those normally, but he's detect try magic. To... Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, that's what he does. But okay, so you're detecting the door for an alarm. Uh, not the door, just the door, and then also like the general area. So he'll look and wait three rounds and turn around, and look three rounds. Uh, you don't detect anything in the immediate area um, in front of you. If you go back to the door uh, and detect, um, and with your spellcrafts, you'd probably be able to tell. There does appear to be an alarm spell cast immediately past the door that I believe you would have bypassed with Dimension Door. Oh, it's a 20-foot radius. Oh, yeah. Once you detect it, like, you're totally standing in an alarm spell. No, right no, now. no. I, I said go, like, 40 feet that direction. I heard that. I yeah. heard that. Yep. 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 That checks that. out. That checks out. Let's go to the chat <laughs> Speaking of, could we see behind the door, though? Like, the path from over here? Behind the door? Like, this door goes to an edge of lava? Or to, like, a door No, to... so the pathway goes off the map. Gotcha. It, the, the pathway leads up to the door, and there's maybe, like, a little semicircle in front of the door that you can stand on, but it's otherwise just a cliff down into lava. Like, there's no other... There's nothing around the door. There's nothing... Like, it goes... It's right into the side of the chamber, the right into the side of the cavern, basically. Yeah, no, Sarah definitely did say, though, 40. I don't, I don't think yeah, so. Yep, yep, totally. Yeah. I mean, even if even if you said 40, 
It's a 20 foot radius. So no, somebody no. bit 20 feet from the door uh, go 40 feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're reminding me. She said 60. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I said I said the full length of whatever Dimension Door is, so like 750 feet. Oh, so you're just in the middle of a volcano now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what she's that's what we that's why we trust Kieran. Yeah, option one, you're in an alarm spell. Nothing bad there. Option two, middle of volcano. Take your pick. I'll take um, the volcano, honestly, just to see what just to see what would happen. But yeah, yeah Gideon, you 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 cast uh, detect magic, and you can tell there is an alarm spell in this entire chamber. It looks like the thickness of the door was thick enough that you can't detect past the door itself. How amazingly convenient! Yeah, it's quite convenient, isn't it? Yeah, almost too convenient. Almost like designed that way. It's almost like they wanted to catch people coming through here. Now, why would anyone want to catch somebody going through a perfectly innocuous door? Yeah, doesn't I make was, any sense. I was very much worried about that, though. Well, whatever, uh, whoever is here, they, they know that we are. Well, let's just hope that they're friendly. I'll let Jessup do the talking like normal. Sure! I'm good at that. Kind of mostly. Really? I mean, I'm okay. Or we could just let the legitimate dwarf talk a little bit. Oh, I mean, okay. The dwarf that's from Kragadon. It's fine. It's fine. I, I'm sure you guys will do better. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, statistically, it is possible for me to do better. Is there still lava near us? No. So as soon as you get past the door, and now that the door's uh, protective charms are keeping the heat of the lava a little bit at bay, you basically drop from a heat of like, I don't know how many hundreds of degrees Fahrenheit that would have actually been but you go from extreme heat to basically like normal room temperature like there's a massive drop in heat as soon as you get past that doorway oh this feels so much better so much better compared to what you were in just now it'd be like stepping out of a sauna into like winter dick <laughs> yeah. like a massive drop in temperature do you guys continue down the tunnel yeah and just walk on down just just walk uh, Jessup does cautiously, but sure. Yeah, like, like we belong. I walk with purpose. That's how traps are triggered. He's looking. Trigger 13 traps before you make notes. Alright, so then I die. So, the tunnel here eventually meets a worn stairway, and the worn stairway beyond this stone arch door, as you follow it upwards uh, several hundred feet, eventually ends in a large chamber that is filled with mining equipment and tools for what you would imagine to be maintaining various pipes and ducts that are in the edges of this hallway and 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 uh, tunnel the whole way across it that you assume access the lava uh, that you just came from. In the chamber, you see an iron gate on the opposite side from where you enter it. And sitting in front of this gate are two dwarven bodies that they appear to have been mummified by heat and are propped up on stone chairs and they just sit near the exit of this chamber near this this iron gate as if guarding it but they're just like mummified dwarven bodies and i'll move you guys to this map here is there a check to know what they might be uh yeah roll in knowledge planes i have that one but jessup will just own me at it that's the spirit. Jessup, so roll with advantage. I will just aid Jessup. <laughs> oh, you do aid. Uh, so that's going to be a 31. 
So I'm going to hold on to that check for now. Because at the moment, as you're looking at these creatures, they just look like mummified dwarven corpses at the moment. They aren't moving. They don't appear to be animated in any way. Why are they just sitting there staring? Did they just sit there so long that they died? All right, Orin, you're from Kragadan. Don't you know anything about this? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my, my check was held, so I, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't mean, like, to identify them, but just why there would be two bodies guarding this door. I, I don't know. Could be a form of some kind of magic, I suppose. Uh, they could be some kind of ancestral guards, I suppose. I, I'm not so really sure. So you just forget to relieve them of the shift or something? They could be very late to their shift change. That's unfortunate. I I don't know. I, I think we're just going to have to uh, press on. Stairs up this way? No. Uh, this isn't an official map, so it was the closest I could find. So so like stairs. Flavor stairs! Like wait, wait, so these stairs aren't real. <gasps> flavor stairs! Again! Yes, flavor yeah. stairs! Like the, like the cabin! You see, <laughs> you see two intricately carved dwarven flavor stairs. Nice. They just go just, to nowhere. I, I love it. Just a block space first into it. It's like, it's like a wily E. Coyote just draws the <laughs> stairs on the rock. Just runs into it. Is it is there a will save to disbelieve the illusion? No, no, there isn't. Kieran's gonna walk up to one of these and just kind of give it a closer look. Yeah. So as soon as you guys get to here on the map, as soon as you get to this iron platform yeah. here, okay, stone platform here, uh, you can see that the bodies suddenly animate. Oh, that, what a shock! You, Didn't you can see, you can oh, see a blue glowing light in their eyes, <laughs> and they they both stand up and grab a shield and an axe. Oh, Torag, preserve us! I'll show you the token I have for what this creature is. That's terrifying. That looks like a Viking. So at this point, Jessup, your knowledge check—I will have it go through because you have some stuff to go on here. You're looking at these creatures, and they appear given like you're trying to narrow down like are they undead are they this that or the other thing you're you're going through a list and what you eventually settle on is that they are an an extra planar creature known as an einhergy that's probably not how you pronounce it yeah yeah no i've heard of that that i put it in the in the chat e-i-n-h-e-r-j-i i don't know if it's einhergy or if there's some silent letters in there but Basically, you presume that these uh, creatures, so Einhergy normally are warriors who die in glorious battle and find that uh, their, the call of their um, skill and prowess, even after death, brings them basically back to where they had died. And you, you, like, you don't know the details of these particular individuals, but you would probably assume that maybe they were guards here that were killed in battle at some point, but their devotion to Kragadan brought them back from whatever plane they had gone to to re-inhabit their bodies or or to make new forms. So, fun fact for everybody listening, I looked it up, it is pronounced in hair ye because yeah. it's like the Viking J word, like a yeah. huh sound, so in hair ye. Yeah. So, as you get there, they animate, they stand up, and you learn a little bit about the, actually, what was your check again? It was a... Uh, 31. 31. 31. So you would get two pieces of information about them as well if you if you wanted to know. The the general stuff that you I normally give you, typically speaking, Einheri are chaotic neutral medium outsiders with the extraplanar subtype. Are they inherently like 
Well, and I guess more of a sense motive check to it. Um, I guess I'll get to that. But uh, sure. Any defenses? Uh, you know that typically speaking, these sorts of creatures have permanent freedom of movement. They have DR. They have immunity to cold, disease, fear, poison, resistance to most of the other elements, and spell resistance. Okay. Uh, they got something cool they can do? I mean, there's a number of things here. Sure, uh, give me something cool they can do. They Probably have... the one that will least likely to come up. That would be the one I want to know. So one of their special senses is that they are also under the constant effects of a Death Watch spell. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, so that's all that you learn. And then, again, as they animate and stand up and arm themselves, basically, they look ahead and, they, and the one on the left says, Who approaches? Jessup kind of just like looks over to Orin. Uh, Orin Grimbane of Kragadon? Well met, brother. You may pass. Oh, uh, well, are my friends allowed to join me as well? Who are your friends? Uh, these are my my party members, they, uh, we're, we're fighting against the Iron Fang Legion. Uh, I trust every one of them with my life. He looks to the other three, immediately sees that you are not dwarven. This one says, is. That, that's a dwarf. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically a dwarf. That's a dwarf right, dwarf right there. I'm just a bit tall for my, my age. You have a belt of dwarven guy, but you're not actually a dwarf. Jessup's kind of tall for a dwarf, but he's, he's a fat squat. I will um, speak in dwarven and say... I'm I'm a, also a dwarf of Kragadan. Oh god! I don't say that. I don't actually say that. The creature looks back and says, "No, they will not pass. They are not of Kragadan." But do we just have to say that we're of Kragadan? Did you just believe him? He is a dwarf of Kragadan. Oh. So what if I were to say that my name is Jessup Elfheim of Kragadan? I sense a kinship from the dwarf. I sense no kinship from you. But we could be friends. Well, uh, is Friendship there, uh, is not kinship. Is there someone I could speak to inside to uh, let them let them pass? Uh, Perhaps if you were to be granted permission, we would let them pass. Okay, who would? Uh, who? who it's, it's been a while since I've been here. Who? Who? Who would give permission for that? We answer to either the prince, the princess the king, or the royal archivist. Oh boy. Those are very high positions. Orin, okay. are you, you, uh, you I'm not them, a, right? I am not. <laughs> a long-lost brother to the prince nope. or something? Nope. The royal archivist patrols Voltway. He is not far. Well, there you oh. go. Well, yes, if you could uh, point me in his direction. One of you, maybe? Godspeed, Orin. Kieran will just slap you on the yep. back. Oh, uh, yeah, guys, just wait, wait here a moment. Let me, you know, Dwarven politics and whatnot. I understand. Oh, wait. Here, Owen. Oh, yes. One sec, before you go. Now, because you're going to have to ask for permission, maybe they don't recognize you much, just make sure you speak with a light, less gruff in your voice and sound very sincere. Oh, let it's me try it. A... Um, how's this? Is this better? Oh, Oren, here. Here. And he'll pull out the dwarven crown that we found back in the pool. He'll be like, well, it's, it's worth a shot. Maybe you can show him this and I don't know. Maybe it's a crown they lost. Oh, yeah, part of that. Uh, so Jessup does Omnipresent Mentor and attempts to give Oren a bonus to his diplomacy checks. Ooh, what's the bonus? Uh, plus four? 
It's it just goes based off my inspired competence, so it's plus four. So you have that until I sleep or I give my bonus to someone else. Okie dokie. And I've All used right. four rounds of my performance. Yeah, just uh, give, give me a couple minutes. And... Or, or, or come here. Come oh, here. Oh, 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 goodness. Goodness. Guys, I'm just going to talk to someone. Maybe calm down. <laughs> <laughs> we, have faith, we have faith in you. <laughs> or it's like, I literally live here, guys. <laughs> I live here. I'm a citizen. Gideon's, uh, Gideon's laughing. And he puts his head on his shoulders. And says, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Uh, you'll be fine. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I don't Thank have anything to say. I just Thanks for the pep talk. <laughs> uh, you won't have shield other, but uh, I'll see oh. you in a bit, Oren. We're just going to see Gideon start bleeding. <laughs> 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 Until you get out of the radius, at least. Uh, yeah, so as you approach, they would open the iron gate and let you pass. He'll, like, look back and give him the kind of the thumbs up. Kieran's going to whisper to Jessup, you know, I don't think he's ever going to come back. <laughs> yeah, so how does that uh, teleport thingy work again? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if worse comes to worse, we'll just go back to Longshadow. I'm home, and that's all you hear him scream as he sprints down the hallway. <laughs> I think he's excited. He rips off his clothes as he goes. He does look to get naked, you're not wrong. <laughs> and he's now been banished from Kragadon. <laughs> Just like Hurst Quest. They're like, Scout. oh no, the crazy guy's back. <laughs> Who let him in? The crazy nudist! We banished him! <laughs> Orn doesn't like, we don't realize that he still has the uh, face paint on, so he still looks like a uh, Durgar. <laughs> Durgar. <laughs> so, as you pass by the Iron Gate, um, they would close it behind you. And you find yourself in a long tunnel, or I guess hallway, uh, of exquisite dwarven architecture that you see at the very, very far end, another uh, iron gate, much smaller though. And then on either side of you, there are several dozen uh, small doors on each side of this hallway. And the guardian here that was speaking to you before says, go past the iron gate and he will find you. You progress down this tunnel to the other side where the iron gate is. And Whee. if you were to go to push on it, it doesn't look like this one's locked. It's just a, a closed uh, doorway that you can open if you choose to do so. Uh, yeah. Okay. They told me to, so that's what I'm going to do. So you open that, and uh, I will reveal a little bit more of the next chamber here. And then I will reveal this. So, the pathway from the ascent chamber that you were in leads directly into Kragadan's Vault Way, which you would know, specifically, Orin, was once the lowest level of the city. It was full of bus bustling shops and warm homes. It was, however, abandoned after an incident centuries prior uh, unleashed all manner of planar monsters upon the dwarves. The area of the Sky Citadel was later reconstructed as a secure maze of vaults and ossuaries to store family bones and relics of Kragadan's history. The maintenance entrance emerges past four of seven massive iron doors uh, that guard further pieces of dwarven lore, and between each of these doors are dozens of smaller stone doors leading into various family crypts. So you're passing all of these as you walk down towards this second gate here. However, as you exit this second gateway, exiting the uh, the maintenance entrance proper, 
uh, you find that you are immediately surrounded by half a dozen dwarves that seem to be waiting for you. They are dressed in resplendent dwarven plate mail. I'll actually show you the image I found for these guys. Well, that's pretty resplendent. It's, I mean, I'd take some of that. It's pretty nice. That's kind Ooh. of what orange stone plate probably looks like, though. It's actually remarkably similar. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So you see all of these. You also see two uh, other figures here. There's one. And then where's the her other. beard? <laughs> Carburton. He has um, he has tiny little writing on his yeah. shoulder pads. That's amazing. They look like the odes <laughs> from Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So you are immediately surrounded by half a dozen dwarves, um, all but one of which ready their weapons in your direction. You see one of these dwarves, uh, a a female dressed also in this resplendent dwarven plate mail, squints at you and stares intently at you. You can see her eyes emit a spark of magical energy, and then after a moment, you see the tension slightly leave her face, and she lowers her weapon, and then she says. I detect no evil intent. Lower your weapons for now, but stay watchful. We may not yet need to stain the stones with blood. The sole unarmed dwarf amidst this group, wearing red silken robes and an ornate headband, and carrying a staff upon which sits a small creature, uh, makes several exasperated noises before speaking. And as he waves his hands in emphasis, the bespectacled creature upon his staff mimics his movements almost flawlessly. This robed man says, Identify yourself. What business has led you to trespass on the ancient stones of the great sky citadel of Kragadan, and in vault way, no less? And how did you come to be here? Uh, well, I'm, I'm Orin Grimbane. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I'm from Kragadon. Uh, so I'm, I'm quite familiar with this area. I knew it existed. Uh, I'm traveling with a mixed party of different people that were kind of... We're, well, we've, we've been fighting the Iron Legion, and uh, we had been given to think that they were looking for a, a valuable artifact that might be somewhere near or around or in Kragadon, and we had hoped to try and beat them to acquiring it. There are others with you? There are, there are, and actually, I, I, I came looking to get permission to allow them to enter the city. I, I spoke to the two ancestor guards up there, and uh, you know, uh, they said that they wouldn't allow them to enter. That I would have to get your permission. Um, you know, as a son of Kragadon, I, I trust them wholeheartedly and would take responsibility for them. Um, they're good people, trustworthy people, and they fought. They fought many of our, our hated enemy, and. Uh, and they've done great to save countless lives against the Iron Fang Legion. They're, they're no threat to Kragadon. If anything, they're allies to Kragadon. Well, if Drago and Calhoun let you pass, then you must truly be a son of Kragadon. Very well. Uh, he turns to the, the, the female dwarf there and says, Kolga, if you would bring some of your men with us, uh, I would like to speak with these others and uh, decide what to do with them. And she nods and kind of motions to four of the others around you, leaves two of them here, uh, and the other six follow you back to the rest of the group. And so the three of you who are standing out here waiting, you see maybe 
a couple minutes go by and eventually the iron gates open again and out comes Orin and then six other dwarves all dressed in stone plate carrying axes and shields and uh, the robed individual uh, kind of steps forward and, and says uh, Orin here has told me that you are traveling companions of his seeking entrance to Kragadan. I would like to ask you your business. I've heard something from him but I'd, I'd like to hear you as well. Oh uh, sure. Uh, Jessup normally speaks for our group. He can tell you. So just asking as a player were there is something that we had found that was leading us to Kragadon. The Onyx Key is what we're yes. looking for, right? Oh, we're we're yeah. looking for that artifact. What do you say? That artifact. Good? Yeah. No. So, well. Right? Okay. No? To, to reiterate the, some of the details of the story so far, you know that the Iron Fang Legion has been making extraordinarily supernatural progress in their campaign against Nirmathos. They have somehow managed to cover distances that an army normally would take months to travel. You have assumed that it has something to do with these towers that they can somehow spontaneously create out of the ground and just summon their armies out of. When you were in Longshadow, you actually witnessed one of these towers be made firsthand. Somebody plunged something into the ground, some shard of onyx into the ground, and just a tower appeared. And then Iron Fang Legion just came pouring out. After you had gotten to that camp and took a closer look at it, you saw that there were dw dwarven runes uh, and then even more ancient runes in Terran uh, on this this onyx tower. And the dwarven runes had mentioned it was like a kind of an exhalation of praise towards Kragadan. Then um, that kind of led you to thinking about Kragadan. You're like, if we want to learn about this artifact that the Iron Fang Legion has been using in their campaign and see if there is any way to counter it, we probably need to go to Kragadan to figure out what this artifact is, assuming that it came from Kragadan. So we're looking for intelligence. You're looking for intelligence, yes. Yeah, information on this artifact and how to make yeah. it stop. And in the in the chamber of the Naga, you also saw some dwarven artifacts, not artifacts, but like uh, frescoes. Like, did Orin ever roll to see if he knew anything about the Onyx Key? Uh, you, you don't, you don't know anything about that. Don't know anything about <laughs> You that. don't, just stop. You Fair don't. enough. Fair enough. Does the archivist? <laughs> you don't know. Um, but in that uh, Naga chamber, you also saw depictions of the quest for Sky, and you saw depictions of the tower as well. So you're, you were led to believe that the dwarves had some artifact that allowed them to make their quest for Sky, and the Iron Fang Legion is either using this artifact or has this artifact, or something similar. You're really not sure. You're just trying to get, make sense of how things are happening at the moment, really. And also, the one handout that we got from supposedly Xanathura, I think it was her journal or something, after we beat the simulacrum, it talked about going to Krakadan's furnace, and at yes. the end, she talked yes. about how she would devour a hundred hobgoblins to lay coils on the onyx key. So yes, yes. So you do have notes from her journal that indicate that something like two or three years ago, she and a select squad of hobgoblins successfully made their way to Krakadon to oh, take that, something. Okay, mm -hmm. I thought that was much more recent. I didn't realize. No, okay, so, so that's kind of like ago. putting that together in your head that oh. that pouch of Masterwork tools was probably years ago okay. that got left behind. 
when they infiltrated and took whatever it is that they took. It's all coming together now. Now Jessup gets it. So yeah, when uh, the archivist asks him, Jessup will, uh, well, uh, that's it's actually quite the story if you got a moment, but uh, to summarize it up, we're fighting the uh, Iron Fane Legion up top and they have some magical artifact that we believe somehow uh, was derived from ancestors of Kragadon, uh, that they could plunge some shards into the ground and create some giant pillars that they can pull troops out of, kind of like some sort of teleportation mechanism. Um, we got a close look to it, saw some ruins of Kragadon, and kind of wanted to make our way here to see if we can find somebody to make some sense of it, because they're wreaking some havoc, if you didn't know. It's bad. As you continue speaking and you're talking about all of this, the red-robed dwarf kind of squints in suspicion and uh, maybe a hint of surprise. And he looks over to the, the female dwarf and he says, Golga, if you would uh, check them out real quick. And she nods and again she squints at all of you and you can see a spark of magical energy. In it from her eyes. <laughs> Karen's like, I'm used to the ladies checking me yeah, out. Yeah, I said that's chemistry. Right <laughs> that's the spark you see. Almost like she's detecting evil. Yeah, you know, Karen's a dwarf now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just checking, none of you are evil aligned, correct? That you know of. Roll um, sense motive. At the moment, no. I mean, what's on our character sheet or what we hope to at the end of this campaign? What would a detect alignment paladin spell oh well detect. i've been using the wand of undetectable alignment so i'm just true neutral i think i actually give off an aura of chaotic good jessup is also okay. chaotic good chaotic good nope neutral good yeah, lawful good <laughs> okay yeah. so she nods and says yes I, I don't detect any evil intent and he some of the suspicion drains from his face is all right. Well, um, well, we, it sounds like we have a lot of things to talk about. For the time being, come with me. We will take you up to the mountain hold. Uh, we will take you to the Temple of Trude, and I will meet with Prince Gorm, Great Hammer, and we will decide what we want to do about this. Yes. For now, come with me. We will. We will figure this out. Zoom. So the the two guardians, Drago and Calhoun, they let you pass. And so I will give you some, some exposition here. This is knowledge that all of you would have regarding Kragadan. The Sky Citadel of Kragadan stands atop the peaks of the Mindspin Mountains in southern Nirmathos. One of only ten such marvels of dwarven engineering in existence, Kragadan also bears the mantle of being one of but five Sky Citadels to still rest in dwarven hands. The soaring architecture wrought by Kragadan's masons is visible from across the southern hills of Nirmathos and well into the plains of northern Malthoon. Stern visages of long-dead dwarven monarchs stare out across the lands, a mere sampling of Kragadan's unmatched dwarven engineering, which has only grown more impressive since its initial completion millennia ago. Kragadan exists as a bastion of dwarven culture and society. Separate from the strife-prone dwarven holds in the Five Kings Mountains, the Sky Citadel is often remembered for its contribution to the Shining Crusade, when its soldiers took up arms besides the armies of Avistan's humans, 
to defy the depredations of the Whispering Tyrant. Today, Kragadan bears the brunt of an ongoing siege with nearby the nearby nation of Molthoon. Uh, the conflict consists of numerous forays in which the Molthuni forces will march into the upper peaks of Kragadan, only to break apart when the dwarves reti- retreat into the mountain. And then Kragadan's stubborn citizens show no sign of acquiescing. In the aftermath of every Molthuni attack, it takes days before the dwarves just return back to their their spots and open up markets again. Uh, so it's just a, a back and forth that's making no progress. As you guys are led past Voltway, again, you see, much like Orin, you see these massive iron doors and then smaller stone doors, dozens upon dozens of these, leading into various crypts and, and reliquaries and all sorts of things. And you are led by these uh, eight or so dwarves directly to the exit of Voltway. And as the iron doors that guard Voltway open and allow you to enter Kragadan's interior city, you find yourselves in a large open cavern of iron-rich stone. Both metal and stone are prominent in the architecture around you, uh, with the two materials often interwoven in unique displays that highlight the dwarven acumen for such craftsmanship. Immense bronze braziers uh, hang from the cavern's ceiling on great iron chains, burning with a bright but warm glow. This light then reflects off of a multitude of grain-sized quartz gems embedded into the stone above, providing this entire cavern with the same uh, illumination as a distant sun. So even though you are completely underground, it's perfectly lit in this entire massive chamber. Even were these lights to be quenched, the lambent glow from the lava far below the city would be enough to still see faintly throughout this area. And I will move you to the map of Kragadan's Mountain Hold. The uh, the Shining Crusades, the Knights of Ozum were involved in that too, weren't they? Yes, the Shining Crusade, I believe uh, Iomade was a big player in that. And uh, it was a surprise to most people that the dwarves uh, joined in. Because normally they remain neutral in most conflicts and they had come in to the aid in this one, right? Yep. That was the whole story there. So again, a massive, massive chamber. This entire city is inside of this chamber. And the lights above you are like sun, like a sun that is reflected off of the, the gems. And you can see from your slightly elevated position, there are like cliff faces on either side of this area. And that's what leads down, presumably, into the lake of lava below. You start it here to the far left in Vault Way. You see that that chamber here? Okay. So you exit that building and you take in these marvelous sights. And you are led forward through another set of gates and then further forward to a a split in the road. And they they take you left and you go upwards until you eventually make it here to Trud's Stronghold. Any of you with knowledge religion can roll a knowledge religion if you'd like. Wow. I am so religious, guys. I'm so religious. Yeah. I'm, Orin, I'm probably going to give this to you for free. Oh, um, come on. <laughs> come on. I roll a 36. So you give it to this guy for free. What? Because he's a dwarf? Because he worships Torag? Because he's from Krakadon? Kieran should get it then. He's a dwarf. 
Yeah, because you are from Kragadon and a dwarf, or and I'd, I'd say that you you know this just uh, by default. Gideon, you definitely know this. Uh, Jessup, you're not as familiar. But the two of you recognize that uh, the female dwarf that's, that's leading you, uh, her armor bears the insignia of the dwarven god Trud, T-R-U-D-D. Uh, and that is the dwar- the lawful good dwarven god of bravery, strength, and defense. So yes, the these Kragadans, uh, Kragadan defenders led by Kolga of Trud and royal archivist Carburton Lightbrand, who would have introduced himself as you were walking, uh, they lead you to the Temple of Trud. And as you enter this temple, they take you to a room and, and Carburton says, uh, wait here, rest, and uh, I will... Uh, meet with uh, the prince and see how he would like to handle this uh, incident. Yes, uh, I will be back in uh, maybe an hour or so, I'm not sure. I don't know how long of a discussion this is going to be. Um, But anyways, wait here and I will return and we will decide the next steps. That's all right. I'm sure we're understanding and you can take your time. And uh, as he leaves, Kolga kind of stays with you and she continues to kind of interrogate you and she says, I'm curious how did you come to be where you were? Um, That maintenance tunnel hasn't been used in years and it opens up just to the the Darklands. Oh yeah. 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 That's where we came from. Lots of walking. Lots of fighting. Yeah, it was a long time that we were down there. Interesting. Uh, Would it be possible do you think to uh, chart on a map where you came from I'd, for defensive purposes I'd like to know any entry points and, and where they lead out to don't we we have a map right yeah Yeah. here take a look at this and he'll pull out the map that we got thank you uh, now don't get confused I, I was getting confused a little bit you know we're we're near Hagegraf, or we were heading in the direction of Hagegraf, not Felsdrock, which is what I had originally thought. We would have been in a much different location, but yeah. And then he'll show them kind of, or show her kind of where we entered the Darklands, more or less, and then where we're at right now. Gideon will also be helpful and discuss how they were able to get the way through and what kinds of things they could do to make it more protected. Yeah, you're you're talking to her about this, and and as you do, you can see that her her brow kind of furrows in in uh, concern, and she says, oh, "I admit I, I wasn't sure that the uh, that our tunnels connected directly to the Long Walk and the Durgar Empire. That uh, that is something that we will have to keep in mind in the future. Perhaps that entrance needs to be more closely guarded from now on, and." She just continues talking with you for a while. About half an hour or so passes, and then Carbert and Lightbrand returns, uh, and he says, Well, I've informed the prince. Uh, he's going to uh, call upon a few other individuals and have a discussion. Uh, it might be another hour or two. Uh, he sent me back here just to make sure that you were well looked after. In the meantime, uh, it shouldn't be terribly long. We'll we'll receive a messenger at some point here, but uh, until then, you'll be in good company, at least. And uh, Carburton, as you're waiting, would be very eager to talk to you. And after maybe a little bit, 
you get the sense that it's kind of maybe turning into like a, a pseudo lecture kind of a thing. Unlike the history of Kragodon, he says, oh, yes, I'm sure you are vaguely aware, but about two years ago, Morthun had the gall to break into our Sky Citadel, uh, our most sacred historical repository, the Reliquary of Ascension, and they made off with one of our ancient relics, the Onyx Key, uh, an artifact of incredible cultural significance. And we sent diplomats diplomats to demand an explanation from Governor Marquin Tildas, uh, but he imprisoned them. And this uh, led to a an escalation, we sent a punitive force towards Morthun, but we were repelled, and they have besieged us ever since. Of course, Kragodon can weather a siege such as this for two centuries at least, so Morthun has no hope of victory against us in the long run, but I see no easy short-term solution, besides Morthun simply growing bored and leaving. Well, that said, the, the Onyx Key was taken by Morthun how many years ago? Two years, uh, thereabouts, a little over two years ago now. Uh, Gideon exchanges a, a glance with Jessup. Uh, recent, then? Yes, very recent, comparatively to other major events. It was, it has been the most talked about event amongst the upper elite. We haven't made it a public announcement as to what specifically they took yet, but the populace is aware that Morthun has... Uh, they're aware of the reason behind the siege, I guess you could say. Do we as players know that um, the Iron Fang Legion has ties with Malthoon? Yes, yeah, so you guys are well aware that the Iron Fang Legion, its origins were as a mercenary group, a monster mercenary group employed by Malthoon. However, two years prior to the beginning of this campaign, it had disappeared. So basically one of the first things that you guys as players were able to do when the Hobgoblins burst into town uh, and that very first combat, and you identified the Iron Fang Legion symbol, you recognized, I think Oren actually was the one who recognized, maybe, that the Iron Fang Legion was a mercenary group for Malthun that hadn't been heard of for years, two years or so. They just disappeared. Elwood certainly did. <laughs> yeah. Along with many other uh, monster mercenary groups, they had just disappeared. So suddenly they just came back out of nowhere. So you're aware that there is definitely a connection between Iron Fang Legion and Molthoon, but that connection has sort of been cold for a while. Well, and we as players and as characters know kind of a missing piece then. The Onyx Key, Molthoon doesn't have it anymore. The Iron Fang Legion is acting as an independent uh, organization now, and they, they have it. That is information that you would have, yes. But it seems that Carburton and Kragadan as a whole don't believe that to be the case. Could you elaborate a bit on what the Onyx Key does or is? Uh, unfortunately, I don't have specific detail. Um, the Onyx Key is one of the many ancient artifacts of Dwarven lore that has sort of passed on to myth, to be honest. Um, other than myself and a few other key scholars, not too many people even know of its existence, to be perfectly honest. My studies uh, indicate that it has uh, something to do with Kragadan's travel. It, it sped up their travel in some way. I'm not sure exactly what form that took, if it was mere teleportation or or what it might have been. I, I'm, I have a vague understanding, but it's a, a sparse details. That makes sense. It's done the same thing for the Legion. We have vague details, but we don't understand exactly how... Uh... They've been able to campaign across Nirmathos far more than an army could travel in a day, or weeks for that matter. 
Was the Onyx Key the only thing they came in to take? Uh, we are not entirely sure yet. Um, we have uh, begun efforts to catalog everything in Voltway to verify that nothing else was taken. Uh, the Onyx Key is the only thing that we are currently aware of. It's taken you more than two years to catalog it? We passed by Voltway. I'm sure you saw how many volts there are. We have thousands upon thousands of artifacts that we need to catalog. And unfortunately, uh, we have precious few individuals who are given uh, authority to actually catalog them. Myself and, well, basically myself. I'm the only one who really knows enough to be able to identify most of the things we have in there. It's been so many centuries that most people don't even know what we have stored. Did you guys have to fight the, the Legion and uh, an extension of Malthoon when they came to siege to take it? Uh, no, they uh, they did not take it during the siege. This was actually prior to the siege. It was a small elite group, we believe, uh, that came in. Maybe half a dozen uh, members of their military snuck in to take it. Uh, we didn't fight anyone. We heard the commotion of battle, but uh, by the time we had got in there, uh, they had made off. It seemed that there might have been a little bit of infighting and, and, and such, but uh, those... What we found were uh, remnants. And how long were they in Krakadon? Or at least in the vault? Ah, oh, we are not sure. It couldn't have been more than maybe a couple hours. We have regular patrols. I mean, our, our security has increased now more than it was at the time. But, I mean, we did still have patrols that came by every now and then, twice a day or so. So, you're saying a vault that's so massive that's taken over two years to catalog everything, a band of individuals... Were they able to sneak in in less than a couple hours, find the exact thing they were looking for, and then took it? Yes, that appears to be the case. I don't know if they uh, simply had some sort of divination that led them directly to that specific item, or if they simply went into that particular vault and grabbed whatever they considered to be the most valuable that they could see. I don't know if it was intended or coincidental, but they certainly made off with something of great import. This is an insensitive question to ask. But of the raiding party that were able to swipe the Onyx Key, were they all human or humanoid? Or were there any more monstrous types among them? Uh, well, uh, actually, if you would like to see it yourself, we can uh, arrange to have you view the evidence, if you'd like. Uh, evidence has survived for two years? Oh, yes. Uh, equipment and such. Uh, sure. Think big about it, for sure. If you're willing to let us, yeah? Oh, yes, absolutely. As long as I and uh, a few others here are, are there to uh, oversee you and make sure that you don't uh, touch anything, uh, it should be fine. Okay, we will keep the touching to a minimum. You got it. Lead the way. All right. And then he takes you to... Uh, it's actually still in this same building, but he takes you to another room that has a series of containers, chests... And as he opens them up, you can see inside of these chests, there are uh, a number of items. Um, and he begins explaining, he says, uh, when we investigated the the intrusion, as I said, any, any uh, members that were there must have fled. Um, and our investigations, unfortunately, were cut a bit short. Uh, we were attacked by uh, a clan of gugs that must have been let in when they broke through our, our defenses and left all of the doors wide open. So we weren't able to do as thorough a search as we could, but we reclaimed everything that we saw immediately there. As you can see in these chests, we have a series of Molthuni coins, uh, some equipment left behind uh, from the thieves as they fled, 
you can see uh, there's a few weapons here, and our magical divinations were able to trace that uh, all of this equipment belongs to Molthoon. We have recognized it, that the previous uh, wielders of these items were in fact human soldiers. Altogether, you can see there's three long swords, a trio of cloak pins, uh, there's a scrap of fabric over there from a military uniform, uh, and then again about 516 gold uh, of Molthuni print. All of it rather rather implicating of Molthoon's entrance. I imagine had the Gugs not been on their tail, and had they not been in such a hurry to make it out, they probably would have cleaned up after themselves quite a bit better, but I guess a little bit of luck was on our side. It's a lot of evidence to be left behind. Did you find any, like, you said there might have been infighting. Were, were any dead that you found? Bodies or anything? As I said, unfortunately, we weren't able to investigate as, as much as we would have liked. We saw these items in the entry chamber. Uh, again, as I believe they were fleeing from the Gugs, they probably in terror had some of their items might have been torn off of them or, or what I'm not entirely sure but the Gogs were still present when we entered and they attacked us as well so we were actually forced to retreat and uh, close up the Reliquary of Ascension and it has been closed since we, we did send in uh, another group to investigate but unfortunately we, we never heard from them again so we have hence decided to leave it closed for the time being uh, until we can get a better grasp of this whole situation with Molthoon and find a, a decent way to clear out the, the vault. Uh, well, about Molthoon, what was Teldas's reaction again when you confronted him? I did not personally confront him, uh, so I don't know exactly what the specifics of the conversation were and what led to the escalation, but ultimately uh, he imprisoned our diplomats for whatever reason it may have, might have been, I'm not sure. So you never heard back from any of them? No, we never heard back from them. We never heard much of anything. That's what led us to send out that punitive force, and then things just sort of escalated from there. One thing I will say, as you guys are looking over all these things, uh, you can, if you would like, make some knowledge checks on these items. So knowledge nobility, if you wanted to. After that check, we'll have a second knowledge check here, so we'll see what the first one gives us. Do you know how, um, how long it's been since we kind of woke up to now? Since you woke up to now, it's it's been probably three to four hours of... Okay. So I'll, I'll yeah, just recast Investigative Mind, and then I will do some checks. So you said knowledge, nobility? Nobility is the first one, yeah. Gideon's not very noble. <laughs> I got a 20. Orin got a 17. Are we able just to take 20 on these? No. No. Yeah, and you do have to have ranks in it. Jessup can. But Jessup's not going to. 25. So all of you except Gideon are able to identify that the markings on the cloak pins and the weapons uh, definitely belong to the military of Malthoon, 100%. Um, uh, you can then make a subsequent uh, knowledge history or knowledge nobility check, if you would like. So another knowledge. Another another check, but this one can be either history or nobility, your Ew. choice. Well, I only have nobility, so I will roll a 13, <laughs> which is a natural four. Look at this boy with his 31. Get ready for some load dumping here, gents. <laughs> so, Jessup with a 31, you do identify this. So, Jessup, you're looking over these, um, and you notice that it's sort of strange. The styles of the insignia on these items belong to a unit. Actually, this makes sense that you would know this as a ranger. You you encountered the Molthuni forces quite often. 
They belong to a Molthuni unit that was disbanded over seven years ago, well before the supposed Volt intrusion. And you recall that disbanded equipment is typically sold off to mercenary units within Molthun. So that's information that you gain. And then I, I don't know if it makes a difference while we're looking through these. I think I have just past the glasses where you can see like forgeries and stuff. I don't know if that pertains to this particular, but just... Uh, nothing appears to be forged. Like, this seems to be genuine. Genuine articles. So, ah, well, uh, this is interesting, fellas. So these are indeed Malthuni, but this is actually from a regiment that was disbanded uh, seven or so years ago. So my hunch here is uh, Legion had these old disbanded items, and obviously it placed these, which was my hunch initially, so that it might have thrown uh, off their trail and put the blame on solely on Malthun. I am not saying that they're good guys, but in this instance, I don't know if they necessarily were the bad guy. Carburton kind of looks over to you with a kind of a sideways glance. He says, a very astute assumption. However, I, I suspect it, it might not be quite so complex. I would assume that, I'm sure, I'm sure that you are aware as well, uh, Morthun tends to resell these to their mercenary groups, and Morthun employs a great deal of mercenary regiments, and whether or not the infiltrators were from the direct Morthuni military or were a mercenary group, I, either way they were employed by Morthun, so it doesn't necessarily absolve Morthun of any wrongdoings. This uh, legion you speak of, are you for sure aware that it is in no way related to Morthun? Is this... If it is simply a mercenary group, then I, it doesn't seem necessarily out of the question that they would use mercenaries rather than their own soldiers. We do know that, though, for sure, right? Legion is acting 100% independently. We know that. I mean, you 100% think so. Like, I don't think you've found anything that says, like, a, a letter from the general of the Legion saying, I'm no longer working for Malthu. Right. Like, you haven't found anything like that, but, like, you don't have any reason to think that they would still be involved. So, like, it's it's probably an assumption on your part, but, like, you'd be pretty confident in that assumption. But you would also probably immediately realize that it's going to be difficult to make an argument. Right. Well, the we we have a lot of pieces that point to that direction, though. Legion was just... The Iron Fang Legion was disbanded two years ago. It was never disbanded. It just sort of disappeared. Uh, yeah. Not officially. Like, there was no thing saying, like, we're getting rid of our monster regiments. It's just, like, they started, they stopped showing up. Like, normally the monster regiments would be present for, like, all of the Malthuni incursions into Nirmathos. And after, a, like, two years or so ago, they just sort of stopped showing up for some reason. Oh, I don't wait, like the way that this plot thread is going. I do, but I thought I'm playing Gideon. <laughs> well, have you uh, had a thorough look at the evidence here. I'm sure it's rather convincing, is it not? Um, yeah, we're still rummaging through. Is there uh, any more checks to make here? Ah, uh, no, I don't believe so. I think we've I think we've covered most of the stuff here, the uh, the evidence that we have. Um, if you would like, again, I, I'm perfectly fine if you'd like to cast your own divination magic on these items, but again, we have done thorough divination checks, and uh, they have all shown that uh, human soldiers from Malthun carried these items and that these items are in fact genuine there seems to be very little room for doubt now with these divination spells that you are casting i mean how long does it i mean how, how do you know for a fact that this was carried by human let's say just for instance in my theory they were carried by malthun soldiers 
seven plus years ago when they were part of the actual military, when they were disbanded, sold off, somebody put them in a pouch, never wore them, but dropped them. Could indeed that magic then be looking back to many, many, many years ago? Or <sighs> you know instinctively that these were worn by humans literally two years ago when they besieged your city? I, I suppose the magic would... It, the magic simply shows who the last wielder was, uh, regardless of time. But again, I would say that it seems rather extra convoluted to assume that it was some undercover job to implicate Morthun rather than them just sending one of their many mercenary groups that they use very frequently. So, and, and with, with all due respect, you're correct. We really don't have proof to show you otherwise, but do you have proof to prove that either? Well, I would say that the divination that we've done is, again, quite thorough, and you're, what you're saying here, while potentially plausible, is just a theory, and in my personal opinion, it seems far less likely. When you divined these, they showed humans? Yes, yes, as I said, uh, the previous wielders of these items were recognized as human soldiers from Moldoon. What do you make of this, Karen? Honestly, this is a way outside of my wheelhouse. I'm not sure. Wait, 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 wait. Could you divine? Could you divine a a tool pouch that we found uh, just outside the door that we used to get to Kragadon? Uh, we think that perhaps it might have been used in the in the the raid by by one of the people that raided. Would, would you be able to divine anything from that? Hey, that's a good idea, one. Uh, I suppose we could, but um, I, I mean, worry... it's just more evidence. Well, yes, but. I, I worry that it wouldn't get us the results that we, that you might think. Um, if I'm not mistaken, one of you has probably picked it up and has been holding it. Yeah, and then that's used it, yeah, as I say. <gasps> so Oren's been Malthuni the whole time. I'm just kidding, I didn't say that. <laughs> You're the one that picked him up and used him, Jessup. I How had my own thieves kit. Joke's on you, I didn't use Oh, them. it's Karen! Oh no, it's Karen! <laughs> it was Malthuni the whole time! We can absolutely cast some divination magic on, on it if you'd like, but again, I, I'm about 90% sure that it's just going to show one of you. Well, is there any way that we can maybe go back down to the vaults and look around to where they stole the item, see if maybe there's something that was missed? That is... Well, <laughs> that is above my authority. That is something that the even-handed synod will have to figure out. Um, And, again, this conversation is going on. Eventually, a messenger would actually come back to the stronghold here and Carbon would step out, talk to the messenger and then he would come back in and say, he kind of sizes oh, okay, well, we've received word from the prince. You will be granted the uh, ambassador's quarters in the Great Hammer Bastion for the time being. I have been assigned as your uh, escort and uh, I will be seeing to your needs as well as informing you of your current political situation, though I already did that. You will be given permission to move freely throughout Kragadan's Mountain Hold, but you are forbidden from entering the transport lifts to the upper fastness due to the ongoing siege. However, anywhere that you would like to go in the Mountain Hold, you must have an escort at all times, either myself or a pair of defenders from the temple here. In three days' time, the even-handed synod uh, will convene and uh, they will meet with you and hear your case and uh, they will decide your fate and, and, and the f future of these uh, this situation you speak of. Uh, that doesn't apply to me, correct? 
Uh, you will still be a part of the council, but yeah, I mean, you're you're a member of Krakadan. You haven't trespassed or anything, as far as we're concerned. Oh, how are we trespassing? We were invited in. Oh, you were invited in, but you trespassed to get to the gate. Oh, okay. My apologies. Yes, uh, you were on Krakadan soil, and to to be honest, Kolga is a little bit. Uh, she's a bit on edge at the moment. We haven't had anybody uh, coming through that way in a while. I don't think she expected that opening to lead where it led. I don't think that you will be imprisoned or anything. There's no, it's not that bad. And you do have a member of Kragadan with you speaking on your behalf, so I don't expect anything anything poor will happen. But uh, the council will simply verify your claims. They will ask for more detailed information and just make sure that everybody understands the situation and see if we can't... Uh, glean anything useful moving forward. That is all. I don't think there's anything that you need to worry about. About trespassing, I think one could reasonably argue that we had only impassed so far as the curtilage of the town. We didn't go anywhere we shouldn't have. Just saying. Probably could argue that in the court of law. I mean, you could <laughs> attempt that, yes. But you could also argue that uh, being near the entrance of Voltway, which is technically the most precious aspect of the entirety of, Vol of Kragadan, is worse than having if you had come through the front door. Clear signage. You need clear signage. You can't. I'm, talking, I'm not going to go to a fake legal debate, but. <laughs> but uh, yes, as I said, you have three days. Uh, you can explore the town as you wish, uh, as long as myself or some others are with you to uh, go around. Feel free to ask me any questions you'd like. I am the royal archivist. Again, I know plenty of Kragadan's history and our society, and I can. I can answer any sorts of questions you might have about the dwarves here of Kragadan, uh, how we live our lives, and and the historical events uh, that led up. Actually, the history is is my specialty. I know quite a bit about it. Um, I will be honest with you. I'm, I'm very interested in that, but uh, we're still kind of curious on these items. What what exact divinations or spells did you have cast over them, if you don't mind my asking? Uh, absolutely, yes. And he goes through a list. Unfortunately, I don't... Uh, I'll just tell you, kind of out of game here. The book does not give specific spells. Uh, the book merely says magical divinations traced all of the recovered equipment to Malthone and recognized human soldiers as the last to wield them. It then also says, later on down here, uh, it gives me a, uh, a thing here saying, any divination magic to determine who last held any given item, yada, yada, yada. It doesn't give me any specific divination spells. But, um, like, you could cast your own divination spells uh, if, you, if you'd like. Out of game. It doesn't change much from their perspective. Malthun is still laying siege. Whatever events in the past led them up to this. Yes. You, you would probably assume, even if you used divination to prove that these items were somehow actually wielded by, like, hobgoblins from the Iron Fang Legion. Wouldn't matter. That probably would not do anything. They'd be like, oh, well, okay, then they sent the Iron Fang Legion mercenary group in. That literally right. changes nothing. It, it doesn't, because Teldusk has still committed a war crime. So yeah. it's a declaration of war to not return diplomats. Yeah, so you think that you would have to somehow prove that there's no link between the two when they're is kind of a link between the two it's a tricky situation but yeah it, it, it seems like it, it'll be difficult well even still yeah tell yeah it's it's like the the big 
part of it is it doesn't really matter because Malthoon still behaved quite poorly in response to the shakeout. So it doesn't change the political situation and it doesn't help us advance our plot at all either. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, you're technically only getting one side, but still. Yeah. Oh, I, I recognize that out of game, but I mean, from our characters' perspectives, Nirmathi, born and bred, and somebody else's two outsiders who don't have the other side of the story so much. I don't have any specific things that I think we should do. So. Oh, Kieran's got a list of errands, so he would like perk up as soon as the archivist guy says that they're free to roam the city. He would request that he has his own escort because he's like, uh, yeah, it's been quite a while since I've been in the city and I've got quite a list of things that I need to do, so if you could just lend me a couple of your guys... They don't mind just going around showing me the place. I've got a few things I would like to accomplish while we're here. Have you have you been to Krakadan before? Nope, never been, but I'm sure it can't be that hard. Oh, and... you just meant a city in general? Yes, oh yes, right. Okay. Yes, I come yes. from the city, so... I apologize. I, yes, absolutely. I, I assumed, yes, I thought you meant here specifically. No, I'm... no, I'm sorry about that. No, it's been a while since I've been in a city a proper city that has restaurants and shops right. and oh yes well it's beautiful. i mean any kind of looks to all of you says i if you'd like i would certainly be fine with giving you all a tour I, of the area uh, or if only one or two of you are interested that is absolutely fine well I, I do have one request before we go to a tour because i am extremely interested in that uh right. do you have a bathhouse here in the city Oh yes, of course. We have it's it's actually powered by the lava below. It's a nice steamed sauna. Oh, that's that's fantastic. He'll turn to the rest. Alright, I'm treating all of you. We're going to a bathhouse. I don't know if you've ever been to one before. If you've ever enjoyed a spa treatment, it is to die for. So before we do any sort of touring, we all need to clean up a bit because it's been about two months since any of us have had a proper bath, I'm afraid. And speaking of, uh what's that guy's name again? Carburton? Uh, yes, uh, Royal Archivist Carburton Lightbrand. Carburton. Uh, I don't know how I should address him. Mr. Lightbrand? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Just call me Carburton. It's fine. All right. The The other thing I'd like to do if we're going to go to a bathhouse is I'd like to buy new clothes. I don't know if you could point me in the direction of where there might be clothes made for humans. I would like to treat us all to some new clothing since you can see and he'll drop the illusion of his sleeves because I've lost my pants a bit so I, I need I need new clothes. <laughs> well, I mean, that's no very pick and Gideon, but uh, yeah, that's looking pretty good. Yeah, right. So I'd like to do that too. So definitely tours on the agenda but I just want to make sure that we are not going to embarrass ourselves as we view this fine city that you have. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I fully agree with that, Kieran. Just a picture of the other two. You know, it's been tough the past few uh, days and weeks. Been kind of at each other's throat a little bit. I think we need some team building. And since there's not much we can do... Are you, you okay? Did a demon yeah. come out of the dirt? <laughs> like, I mean... What is happening? No, I mean, no nothing. It's nothing. It was not... Yes, yeah, team building sounds great. I, I mean, are you okay? Well, what else are you going to do? No, nothing. You nothing. could stand around and wait and be grumpy, or we could go to a bathhouse and see... Kieran's glistening abs. I rather like the idea of going to a bathhouse. Not so much for Kieran's abs, but for a nice spritz. Why not? A tea building. Yes. Yep. So bathhouse first. 
And then I would like Ooh, to get a haircut food. and a real good food. shave. I've been neglecting that for a little bit. So I'd like to get my hair uh, cut. I want you to might, get... uh, you, you might struggle to find someone to shave you. Well, no, no, no. I'm going to I'll, I'll purchase if they have a shaving kit. Otherwise, I can just use a dagger. <laughs> Again, but... you're probably going to have to use a dagger. You're well, in a what do your city, women I mean. use? You've, they've got to use something, right? That one uh, lady didn't have a naturally, beard. Naturally hairless. What? That's yes, not what I've just... heard. <laughs> Just superior. That's you know. there's no way. So all the stories I've heard are false. Hmm. I think you've been played a fool. Anyway. Jessup is going to take a twenty on Dwarven to know if that's true <laughs> or not. I like to think that when you mentioned the shaving kit, some of the Dwarven guards around you kind of give like a weird look, like what the heck? And then Carbon's like, "Oh, he's human," and they're like, "Oh, you're not <laughs> <laughs> what a filthy human!" Warren's <laughs> over here, like, "You're not gonna find a shaving kit in a Dwarven city." Carburton says, oh, "Yes, I assure you, all of the things that you're looking for, we can accommodate." Um, while the vast majority of Kragadon's citizenry is in fact dwarves, we do actually have a fairly a large contingent of humans. There's about uh, maybe a thousand or so human inhabitants of our great Sky Citadel here, so you'll certainly find something for yourself. Perfect, perfect. All right, so bathhouse first, haircut. I'd like to shave. Uh, I'd like to go somewhere and buy some new clothing, and uh, there's no negotiation on this. I'm buying each of you a really nice fancy outfit, and we're going to go to the fanciest place that Krakadon has for dinner Wherever that is, whatever that is, we're going to do it. And then we've got some things that we need to buy and sell. And I've got another little errand of myself. If you've got a, a metal worker, I'm sure you do. You're dwarf. So if you could point me to your finest metal worker, I've got a commission I'd like to uh, order and some things I'd like to do with my weapon. So literally all of the dwarves in the room kind of start chuckling. Oh, and it's like, do we have a metal worker? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I figured I figured as much I figured but uh so yeah that's that's my list and let's let's have at it first to the bathhouse uh, everybody's gonna clean up must we be um watched all, all the time or is there not any part of the city that we could just go Are on around you worried about going to the bathroom uh no that's not it Jesse. oh I'm afraid that uh, until the uh, synod has given a uh a ruling, um, they would prefer that you are under supervision at all times. I mean, can't technically I've... Orn give a supervision being a dwarf of Krakenon? For the time being, unfortunately, he is going to be included uh, amongst your group. Again, you are not criminals, you're not treated as criminals. You can go around freely, we just simply want to make sure that everything... Again, understand tensions are high, we are currently under siege, and I... while I don't think that you are any threat to us, uh, I mean, you can understand that the leaders are they don't understand the whole situation here. They're a bit on edge uh, about your presence here, so that we're just being careful for a little bit. Jessup will look at him and say, well, then I guess you'll go into the bathhouse with us. We can assign separate guards if you want to go to different areas. That's fine. Oh, no, 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 no. You need to give that us the tour and give us some more information. I would really appreciate that if you could do that. That'd be really Well, I'm used to a communal bath, so it doesn't bother me at all. Yes, yep, that's that's what it is. So that's good. That's what it is. Jessup has no shame. Jessup sleeps with no pants. <laughs> with friends. Close friends. <laughs> yeah, with close friends. <laughs> close friends and close allies. You said you wanted to, to go to the bathhouse first. Yeah, I think that would be best. You see, we've we we don't look all that good, and we probably don't smell very good. 
I mean, I'm pretty clean because I use magic for that, but the rest of them are pretty grungy, so I'd rather we clean that up first and then go shopping. Uh, thereafter, though, I, I am interested in the history of Kragadon, and I'd be willing to listen to you. God, there's nothing stopping us from having a conversation at the bathhouse. Um, well, Certainly not. not. It's the best place to have a conversation. Jessup leans into Orin. I think his idea of the bathhouse is more for our benefit rather than his. Uh, yes, I, I think so. Joseph takes like a whiff at Orm. I don't think you smell that bad. Well, thank you. Don't smell bad either. Oh, I'm really looking forward to this. Like hot, hot springs and sauna. Oh, this is going to be fantastic. I literally can't remember the last time I've seen you this excited. Uh, this is almost a new side of you, Kieran. I've never seen you almost ha- happy. That's all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh no, I'm that's really offensive. Uh, I've I do been apologize. happy before. But brief this is, moments, yes. This is my element. This is, you know, I, I come from a big city and this is what I grew up with. This is what I'm comfortable with. I've missed this. I haven't been in a place like this in a very long time. And I just feel, even though I'm probably more out of place since this is a dwarven city, I just feel at home being in the city. And I'm very excited about this. It feels like... It's been a long time coming, and part of me never actually thought we would get this far, especially since I died twice now. Fantastic. Uh, Not to interrupt you, uh, we will need to acquire a diamond at some point while in the city. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they have I'm day. sure we can get all to the shopping. I'm, I'm with Kieran on this. Let's let's not worry about any shopping tonight. Um, I like Kieran's plan. Let's but Kieran, go. wouldn't it be weird not having the servants bathe you? Oh, <laughs> but yes, no. I, I think it's a good idea. We'll get cleaned up. We'll get ourselves some nice clothes, and we'll get ourselves a proper meal. All right. Then, if you would follow me, and he, he actually takes two other guards with him. So there's three of them in total, and they lead you down through the streets, and eventually you do come uh, to the edge of the the city here, closer to uh, the entrance to the lava lake, and the. He takes you inside the large bathhouse here. And as you walk in and get yourself situated, you can tell, as he said, it's a steam-powered hot bath. And uh, you would have an entry fee. I'm trying to think if... We'll pay it. doesn't even matter what it is. Not. Nope, we'll pay it. It's fine. We're loaded. See, so, yeah, I'm looking up the... Uh... <laughs> You're going to give up the dwarven crown for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm looking up the uh, chart for lodging and services, so it looks like something like this would run each of you one gold. Oh, dear heavens. All right, I'll mark off four gold. Is this the reason why you were so upset that my negotiations with Polly, so that we didn't have extra oh, money for this stuff? We just forced the, the historian guy to come with us, but we don't pay for his bathhouse. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. We can pay for his, too. Yeah. <laughs> you have to come. You have to come, but you have to sit there in your clothes. Do they have little, uh, little, uh, like milk vending machines? Is it a proper onsen? Vending <laughs> <laughs> machines. Yeah. I no. don't think they have vending machines, but they would have refreshments. <laughs> Did uh, you just ask for milk, Gideon? <laughs> yeah, that's a really traditional thing to do. Milk drinker. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 uh, yeah. It's, it's nug milk. Gug milk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would want to drink. Milk and a hot spring. Yeah, no, that does not sound appetizing. It would, that would curdle, dude. Well, it'd be after normally, but yeah. Although, if we're in Kragadan, Kieran's probably not going to get wine. He'll probably get ale, ale. or whatever. Ale, proper. Whatever is 
thick, bubbly brew they've got down here. Right. Okay. So yeah, you go to the, the bathhouse there, and again, Carburton would be more than happy to start speaking on Cragadan's history. And so I can I can start on what he's saying here, and if at any point in character you guys would ask him to stop, you can tell me to stop. Okay. Because he's got a couple paragraphs of history that he can tell you if you'd oh, like to know Oh, we're going to go through this uninterrupted. Yeah. So as you're walking through and as you get to the bathhouse and you're all there in the, the steamy hot water, cleaning off all of the grung, grung? I got like three words put together <laughs> there. About three words just phew, put together there. Grung, fellas. The grung. So grunge. many things. <laughs> That's how bad it is. We have grung attached to us. <laughs> grung. Yeah. Uh, so washing yourselves clean, Carburton, like he begins talking about something pretty simple, but it very quickly becomes like, uh, like a history class. Like he very quickly goes like, while most dwarves uh, pushed ever upward against the tide of orcs to reach greater heights during the legendary quest for sky, not all clans partook in the initial endeavor. Some made fell packs with the dark gods and eventually evolved into the Duragar, whom sounds like you are quite familiar. Yeah, we met those ones. Yes, yes. Yeah, we killed uh, them too. Good. They deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> While other, other dwarven clans uh, simply embarked on their exodus at a later time, However, among the dwarves who remained in the Darklands was Kragadan, who not only didn't climb to the surface, but he actively traveled in the other direction. Uh, religion, including the Turagdan prophecies that had precipitated the quest for Sky, was never as important to Kragadan as the opportunity to build his own legend as one of the people's, uh, one of our people's greatest explorers. In the ancient tradition of his dwarven forebears, Kragadan hoped to reach a greater depth in the vaults of Orv than any previous expedition. It was this drive that led him to the Midnight Mountains, beneath the heart of Avistan, and there, an artifact that would forever change his path, the Onyx Key. Uh, initially baffled by the otherworldly relic, uh, Kragadan spent months translating the strange glyphs, covering the runes that he found. Eventually, he gained knowledge on how to operate it, and it allowed him to travel great distances. Again, we don't know the exact specifics of how it worked. Real shame about that. No. Yes, most of it has passed into myths. It has been several millennia, I think, now since we last used it. But anyways, though the quest for Sky had previously not interested Kragadan, he realized that the potential of this artifact, it held great potential for his kin's quest, were he to use it to lead his clan efficiently and safely on its own uh, late embarking exodus, he could earn renown far beyond anything gained by simply plumbing an unexplored cave in the Earth's gut. He used the artifact to quickly return to his clan hold far above the Midnight Mountains, and by the end of the year, minus 4,982 AR, the clan had set out for his prophesied new home on Galarian's surface. The relocation was complete in a mere fraction of the time any other clan needed to complete their quest for Sky, thanks in no small part to the Onyx Key. While not the first dwarves to see the surface, Kragadan's followers moved at a pace unmatched by their kin. Uh, though efficient, the journey was not devoid of conflict, and Kragadan's clan encountered the same hostile orcs that had plagued so many other dwarves' journey. 
on the eve of their breaching the surface, the final battle between the dwarves and their orc nemeses took place, during which Kragadan himself fought the orc chieftain who had tormented his people. While the dwarves won the day, the orcs exacted a high price. Among the bodies strewn across the floor of the massive, lava-illuminated cavern served, that served as the battlefield was that of Kragadan. History laments that Kragadan died mere minutes from the first openings to the surface sun that he'd been so driven to find. However, the dwarves pressed on, driving the orcs out of the mountains and naming their new home in honor of their martyred leader who'd led them to it. In minus 4901 AR, the construction of Kragadan's primary districts was complete. The people of the completed Sky Citadel expanded out into the territories of what would one day become Myrmethos, uh, while keeping close to the Mineskin Mountains. Mineskin Mountains. Mineskin Mountains. Yes, no, sorry. <laughs> I, I get so excited when I talk about these things, I sometimes... I get imagine that to Kragadan. It sounds like quite the explorer, for sure. During this time, uh, the dwarves' greatest allies were the similarly nascent uh, settlement of Glimmerhold and the Sky Citadel of Goldcar in the land now known as the Hold of Belkson. Uh, however, by minus 3,708 AR, the Orcs of Belkson had organized sufficiently to besiege and capture Goldukar. The few dwarven survivors of the catastrophic defeat retreated here to Kragadan, and in fact to this day, their descendants bitterly wait for a chance to retake their ancestral home. Uh, I'm sure that you've heard of this before, but we dwarves, we hold our grudges long. And, well, in the intervening millennia, uh, the dwarves here remained vigilant against an orc invasion that uh, never came. Our military prepared, but never found itself called upon. Uh, we had long, if uh, erratic, relations with the uh, Kelid tribes, uh, but when Taldor's armies of exploration arrived, particularly around uh, 499 AR, uh, we forged peaceful treaties with uh, the newcomers and the lands of modern Myrmethos were ceded to these new humans. Uh, we dwarves of Kragadan found the idea of a buffer between us and Belkson rather appealing. Uh, many other dwarves resented our aloof nature and uh, the distance that our inhabitants maintained from the rest of dwarven affairs, but nevertheless we kept ourselves apart from our distant kin for fear of suffering the same uh, infighting that befell the Five Kings Mountains. Um, Kragadan readied for war again in 3203 AR when the orcs of Belkson aligned themselves with the whispering tyrant. The armies of Kragadan proved instrumental in the defeat of Tarbaphon's armies, despite, unfortunately, reducing the Sky Citadel's population to almost a third of its previous numbers. Having suffered incredible losses in achieving our victory, uh, a bitter reminder of our own sacrifice millennia er earlier, uh, we dwarves have removed ourselves from most surface world politics, and unfortunately much of my my current knowledge of uh, political affairs is uh, second-hand. Uh, but less than 200 years after the end of the Shining Crusade, the dwarves of the nearby Five Kings Mountains were devastated by an event known as the Rending. Uh, we here in Kragadan hoped to avoid a similar fate, uh, we eventually sought out powerful fey allies in the nearby Fangwood Forest. The dwarves and fey reached an accord, though specifics remained a closely guarded secret by both parties. But eventually, 
a force known as the Dark Blight uh, corrupted the Fae, and uh, all that we could do was erect runestones around the Fangwood to staunch the flow of maligned Fae from the Fangwood, um, and relations between us and them have, have not progressed ever since. Um, and of course, more recently, in 4665 AR, an unexplained magical incident, incident left King Borum Greathammer's eldest child, the scholar warrior Darund, uh, encased in a prison of impenetrable crystal. Oh, real uh, quick, I have an yes. out-of-game question. Yes. Um, so did our characters, does any of them remember the Blight, or are they all dead? Kieran should know about the Blight. Vaguely. He's the, he's the only one. Vaguely. Because who talked to the tree? Jessup would know about the Blight. Jessup vaguely. was there. Yes. Jessup, Jessup talked to the Kieran. tree? Um, Orin would only know that Theros had strong ties to the Blight. And unfortunately, I don't think Gideon knows squat. No, he doesn't know a thing. <laughs> That's nope. typical. Typical. That's what happens <laughs> when you bring in a late character to the party. But yeah, you are not necessarily unfamiliar with the Blight. At this point, your party has an uninterrupted throughput throughout the entire story. Because Orin left when Kieran showed up. So one of you in this current party has been around at all points. So yes. Got you. So we all have every knowledge, collectively. We could arguably. Basically, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, he would continue. The Scholar Warrior Darund, uh, encased in a prison of impenetrable crystal. Unable to free Darund and restore his heir to life, the king took the crystal uh, into the Citadel's deepest, most secure vault, actually in Vault Way. Not too far from the vault that uh, Molthun broke into, in fact. He has since removed himself from governance in a period of extended mourning. Uh, since that day, governance of Kragadan has fallen to a select group of representatives known as the Even-Handed Synod, of which uh, I am a member, as is Prince uh, Gorm, Great Hammer, and uh, Princess Thramira, Great Hammer, uh, amongst several other notable individuals. And of course, you know, the most recent of all is the siege with Morthun, but I've already spoken with you about that. Oh, that's quite a lot of information. Thank you. Yes, as I said, I am a historian. I I, and I know through. quite a bit about these. I always enjoy being able to explain the history of our great Sky Citadel to new people. Jessup starts clapping when he's done. Thank you, thank beautiful. you very much. Such Pragadon! I must ask, so the people here, are they tend to be quite united? in government and in mind about what to do with the city. Yes, we're generally rather uh, united. Um, so, clans compose much of Kragadan's social structure. We have close to a hundred different clans in Kragadan. <laughs> yes, well, the number of clans was actually far higher at one point, swollen by the clans fleeing from Galdukar, but unfortunately it dropped precipitously in the aftermath of the Shining Crusade, but Anyways, each clan is essentially a, fami a familiar u a familial unit, and uh, sometimes they number in the hundreds, uh, though probably the majority of clans include maybe a dozen or two members. Clans are responsible for various duties and often bear long-standing ancestral charges, such as maintaining sections of the Sky Citadel or administrating certain services within the settlement. Kragadan's desire for foreign commerce and trade uh, uh, began, again, with the explorers and expansionists from Taldor many, many, many years ago, 
and uh, the arrival of these non-nomadic peoples, unlike the indigenous Kelids, with whom we had conducted uh, inconsistent business, necessitated the conversion of uh, the upper fastness above the mountain hold that we currently remain in into more of a trade market. Uh, and uh, that was a defensible choke point there that uh, could be used to conduct foreign trade. Foreigners would make brief stops at the Sky Citadel. They could sell their wares in the looming shadow of the mountains, and uh, only those with longer-term interests would be admitted here to the mountain hold. A number of our Sky Citadel's institutions are guided by religion, which is uh, tangentially related here to some of these clans that are... They have a long history of uh, paladins and followers of Trude, or, or uh, uh, the various dwarven deities that we venerate here. Even those uh, without direct affiliation, usually each clan has a specific temple that it serves. In addition, of course, to our devotion to Torag, we revere several other deities. Angrad, the Forgefire, the dwarven god of war, is believed to have a, had a direct hand in influencing Kragadan to join the, uh, the Shining Crusade against the Whispering Tyrant. Um, but uh, nearly all of his faithful were lost in the war, and uh, his, his worship has since fallen out of favor. Kragadan is now more determined to protect its holdings than to send crusaders out into the wider world. Um, the militant faith of Trud has largely supplanted that of Angrad. Um, the deities of Dragovit, uh, Grundinar, and Coles are equally revered for fostering business and community within Kragadan, uh, and each maintains sizable churches within the mountain hold. But altogether we are fairly united, despite being from different clans. We are all sons and daughters of Kragadan. Do most dwarves then uh, accept their ancestral charge for whatever they're born into? Oh, of course, yes. Overwhelmingly. And with great pride. That's different from the way I, um... It's interesting. Yes, there could be no greater honor than to accede to the head of one's clan and take over the duty to Kragadan that they have had for many generations. The history of Kragadan, as I've already told you, is millennia old, and it is something we take great pride in. So, uh, if you're born into the life of a, a blacksmith and uh, you wanted to be, I don't know, a carpenter. That's not something that would happen. Well, we don't have too many carpenters here, to be honest. Um, of course. But uh, in general, yes. Uh, you grow up and you are taught by your father or your mother the, the tools of your trade, and you take over their business when uh, you come of age. Um, I, there are occasionally times when people will go out and do their own thing. Uh, Prince Gorm Greathammer, for example, he is... Uh, he hasn't uh, been able to fulfill his dream too much, but he is an avid and outspoken advocate of the Pathfinder Society. He oh. he has often said that he wished he could be an adventurer himself. Why can't he? Well, he, he has duties here, and he, he understands that. And He isn't necessarily being forced, but uh, he understands that his, his duties at Kragadan, currently at least, outweigh his, his duties out to the wider world. And perhaps someday when the king is... Uh, able to mourn his loss and return to governance. Perhaps there will be enough uh, opening, and when this siege ends, perhaps uh, perhaps Gorn could, could go out for a time. But for now, duty calls. For now, duty calls, I'm afraid, yes. I think one of the few positions that actually went out to the wider world is that of the Royal Archivist. My father, uh, who preceded me as Royal Archivist, in fact, he went out on his own for a long journey. That has been a tradition for all the Royal Archivists. Uh, before you can take this position... 
it is generally tradition for you to go out and learn more about the world so that you can better govern and help govern uh, and advise the king of Kragadan. Have you done so? <sighs> he kind of looks down, obviously a bit saddened, but he says, Unfortunately, not. As I said, my father, he spent decades wandering the surface world, partaking in adventure and learning an assortment of martial skills before assuming his role. Enough to make the prince jealous, it sounds. Yes, and, well, his, uh, his sudden passing and my subsequent sudden elevation to this position unfortunately robbed me of that privilege. I was sort of thrust upon the position of royal archivist before my time had truly come, so I have not had the privilege of, of going out and learning as much about the world. Which is, which is why I would... I, I, I always enjoy when when newcomers come to Kragadan, because it is new knowledge that I should have had when I took this position. I can offer you uh, two things. First, my condolences. First, for your father, and for a lost adventure you never got to take. Uh, the second... I don't remember much, but uh, I was raised in vigil with the Knights of Ozum, uh, former allies in the Shining Crusades, which you mentioned. I could tell you what life was like there, and could tell you the histories, or at least what I remember. Yeah, his eyes light up, and he says, Associated with the Knights of Ozum? Yes. What I a coincidence. A happy coincidence, it seems. I was once uh, among their ranks. I was raised Indeed. by them, actually. I see you in a new light. Yeah. I feel like we are one step away from kin, even. Were you a dwarf, I'd embrace you. <laughs> but, I, but I'm not, and I'm still naked. That said, <laughs> I look forward to the conversation. Gideon, if you die, maybe Milani will bless you as a dwarf. Aye, that's true. One so maybe hope. you are a dwarf in uh, you couple years from now. One can only hope. I don't know yes. about that, but... Uh, well, I'll tell not... you this. If you are to come back as a dwarf due to your deity's grace, Kragdan would be more than happy to welcome someone of your caliber. Well, from what I've heard of Trud, I, I would get along quite well with the, uh, the people here in the military. He takes a deep sigh. But that's for another life. No point in dreaming. We have our own task before us. I mean, that's dream, dreaming's good. You should do that. Do you think? Well, I dream about, uh, you know, the day after we win and we finally kick Xerxes' booty and then we reclaim the Onyx Key or whatever. And, uh, you know, Nimithos is free of Malthoon. Yeah, absolutely. What would you do in that time? Like afterwards, or yeah, if, if you didn't have to defend Nirmathos and you finally got your your years of peace or retirement or something, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I mean, probably try to get some more ranks in my quilting, I suppose. It's <laughs> uh, a noble pursuit, indeed. Oh. I would make some fancy. Oh, that's what I would do. I would make some fancy new clothes for Kieran. <laughs> what would you do, Kieran? If you didn't have the life you're born in. Kieran is fast asleep. He's unconscious. <laughs> He's actually under the water. <laughs> <in> the <laughs> <ground>. <laughs> that was the negative level. God, <laughs> out, like, it, Kieran, we've got to spend another... Horrid, go get the diamond, quickly! Horrid hops up naked out of the bath and charges towards the nearest, like, jewel floor. Horrid gives <laughs> two naked people breath of life. It's like, oh, stop, no. 
No, no. But in all seriousness, I think Kieran has fallen asleep. Asleep with like the towel over his head like that. Like, yeah, bit. he's like yeah. leaning up against the edge of the bath and is just asleep. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I suppose not everyone could survive your lectures. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I've been told that I can carry on sometimes. Well, I've spoken quite a bit. I actually have some questions for you. Yes. Uh, you specifically, Oren, um, you're a son of Kragadan. I'm curious, how, when did you leave? Uh, it was uh, not long before the siege uh, took place. Uh, I, uh, my, my adoptive father was a merchant here in the city. I might still be. I hope to visit, hopefully, while I'm here. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure. But, uh, you know, my, my calling was always to, you know, our father, Torog, and you know, I always wanted to help people. So I, I went out into the world, much, much like you had hoped to yourself, you know, becoming the archivist. I went out into the world to help people. And before I knew it, there was a siege and I, I couldn't return home. Yes, terrible timing that. I'm, I'm sorry that you were locked out of your home for so long. It's, it grieves me that you might not be the only one in such a position. Well, what's your family name, Morin? Uh, Grimbane. Do you know the name? Ah, uh, it does not immediately trigger anything to my memory. Um, do you know? Was your uh, father? Uh, did he conduct his business here in the mountain hold, or was it up in the the upper fastness? Uh, I was up in the upper fastness. Ah, ah, well. Unfortunately, you are barred from entry there, but perhaps I could, uh... Barred, but you're not a criminal. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yeah. perhaps you I could you send... You can't go there, but... Perhaps I could send a message up, and uh, maybe if he still lives, we could come have down. him come down. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Yes, I'll look into that. Uh, I would I would hate to keep you from your kin now that you've returned home. You said he's a shopkeeper, your father? Uh, yeah, yes, a merchant, yes. Oh, maybe, do you think he'd give us some discounts? <laughs> Don't no 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 no. You you pay full price, Jessup. Friends and friends and family pay no, full price. This that, no, 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 no. You know me. Kieran immediately wakes up and goes full uh, price. What? <laughs> what are you full talking price? about? Full 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 price. Kieran, go back to sleep. You just trust me. Just no, sleep. I definitely heard something that did sound right. I just just say well, we we found out Orin's father or adoptive father is a merchant, and we just thought maybe we could get a friends and family discount. And I was simply telling Jasmine that the best way to show your support for friends and family is to pay full price. I don't think that's right. Doesn't <laughs> sound right to me. How do we get to this conversation? I swear we were just talking about Kragadan or something. You've oh, been asleep. Were, yeah. Oh, that was yeah. about that was about an hour ago. Yeah, how I, uh, you know, came to came to leave Kragadon and uh, venture out into the world. Uh, it's it's been rough out there, you know. We uh, certainly the people of Nermathis could use the help of the dwarves. Indeed. Well, uh, in regards to your uh, father's business, I can only hope that he's doing well. Um, as I said, the. Uh, the upper fastness has been hit quite hard from the siege. Nobody has been in particular danger. We retreat down here into the mountain hold before anybody is really caught by Morthuni incursions, but it has made conducting business with foreigners particularly difficult, and most of the merchants up there rely heavily on foreign trade. There are siege lines now. What's this? You said uh, you're presently under siege. Yes, yes. Uh, if, if, 
if we can ever perhaps, uh, after the uh, council meets with you, if they can perhaps uh, expand your privileges, and if we can take you up to the upper fastness, uh, you can see their their camps just from. Actually, you can see it just by standing next to the fist. Wow, I must say it, it's amazing. The it's a testament to the strength of the citadel. You you would never even know that you wanted for anything or that you were in a sense of danger. Indeed. Well, perhaps the uh, most important tactical element to understand about this ongoing siege is that they've yet to break past our uppermost fortress in the upper fastness, as I just said, dubbed the Fist, uh, the implacable defense of Marshal Renzo ensures that enemy soldiers have yet to enter the mountain here. A good um, name, the Fist. Yes, well, if you saw it, you'd know, because it's a giant fist. Um, <laughs> no way, it is. It's a statue. Yes, well, yes, actually. Um, it's quite marvelous. <laughs> That's amazing. No, yes. you're joking. No, it is, it, it is, it is a how, marvelous... How big is it? Well, here, I'll show you a picture. <laughs> good, good oh, lord. Never thought I'd see Gideon get so excited over a statue. Wait. Why, where did you get that picture? We're naked in the bathhouse. <laughs> oh, Gary, can you it. all see that? I, I said show <laughs> well, It's a waterproof image he keeps somewhere. The fist, yeah. No, Gideon appreciates architecture. Vigil has some quite astounding, uh, cool-looking stuff. Kieran Nothing falls asleep like again. Giant <laughs> fist, though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite marvelous. You can see some of the dwarven visages on the side of the mountain there in the oh, image. Oh, my word. You know, I uh, hate to alarm you as, as impressive that is. You know, we really need to make sure we have an impression with your leaders later because it only takes one of those onyx statues things for a tower to pull up or pull up and then troops to be able to pull right in. So it only takes one person to sneak in. I think it should be more difficult now. We've identified more clearly their point of entry and how it connects to the long walk. And the Kragadan has plenty of magical protections. They would have difficult means of flying or teleporting in. I, I don't think you understand quite quite right. We've well, seen I'm not quite sure if it's the Onyx Key or perhaps some shard. These towers can erect anywhere. They need not come through the passage that we gained access to the city. Oh, yes, but uh, they would um, they would have to physically come here first, yes? That, that's how the towers are made? They cannot be made remotely. I think in theory... Yes. Like someone would have to be present with the artifact and activate it, no? Uh, that's true. Someone would have to be there. Well, I, we think that's the case, but uh, we actually came here hoping that you would tell us. The one we saw, that's what happened. We pulled it out. Yes, well, I, I, I can tell you this. Um, I can do more research. There's plenty of books that I still need to familiarize myself with in our millennia-old history. I can perhaps look back at some of the oldest archives that we have and see if there's more details on this, now that I know more clearly what I'm looking for. Could I be of aid to you? Uh, perhaps. Uh, yes, I, I'm sure it wouldn't be a, an issue if I were to allow you in. Certain books probably would be off-limits for non-citizens, right. and then other certain books would probably be off-limits even to certain citizens. Um, I'll have to check with the permissions there, but um, I'll see. We can handle it perhaps. tomorrow. Yes. Besides, I think... Uh, I'm all bathed up, Kieran. Are you ready for food? Oh, yes, absolutely. I feel splendid. Oh, but we have to buy new clothes first. I 
personally have to buy new clothes. No. Yes. I wouldn't mind some new underwear. Yes, well, of course, yes. I can lead you to uh, one of the more well-renowned shops that uh, is uh, particularly aimed towards tailors for our uh, human-sized citizens. If you'd be so kind. Absolutely, yes. And you all get out of the bathhouse, and he leads you down to pretty much the other side of the mountain hold uh, over here. I'm pinging the... Lots uh, of walking. Yes. So also, just you're aware, every square on this map is 600 feet, so... You're going like it's it's a it's a like two miles, almost three miles of walking. Wait, 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 wait. we're walking for fifty minutes to get there. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's taking you to a particularly well-known spot for very nice clothes. Uh, you're willing to walk f- fifty minutes for clothes, Garrett? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, what else are we really gonna do? To mention doors to the clothing store. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have any of those slots left. Yes, and I would also advise, um, be careful where you cast teleportation spells while you're here. Oh, do you have protections against that? Yes, we have certain teleportation trap, uh, protections that, uh, yeah, be careful. Traps, not just anchors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't teleport into Kragadan without, uh, prior authorization. It will not end well. That's very cool. Yeah, well, I mean, ter- terrifying, it, which is very cool. It is imperative, otherwise Molthun could just send some wizards in. Uh, but yeah, we have we have plenty of magical protection, so I'd be very careful what spells you try to cast. No, oh, well, saying. I don't plan on casting any spells here unless a fight breaks out, which I don't anticipate happening. Hopefully, but I can't imagine a fight would break out in the mountain hold. Uh, if it be did, surprised. we can be quite argumentative. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if it did, whoever was the aggressor would be outnumbered by about twenty-four thousand. So, at this clothing place, Kieran is going to drop. Well, between this clothing clothing place and if they have like a jewelry shop, he's going to drop seven hundred and fifty gold on fancy outfits for everybody and jewelry and that's like several outfits we are yeah. that's like out. a ton oh that's yeah like... well yeah he's gonna get he's gonna get several backup outfits as well like more practical outfits but also he's getting the, the nobles outfits and then the yep. corresponding jewelry and like yep, so new nobles, boots and things yeah. hey Karen, I only need one half of these outfits I mean if you turn them inside out you get two uses well, no, I I will not hear anything of the sort, Jessup. We are not living that way any longer, all right? We've made it back to proper I mean, civilization. Some money. Gideon's got four pairs of boots, so... Yeah, it's a fine way to live. Well, I owe Gideon a pair of boots anyway, so... All right, I'll accept a pair of boots. And he looks around yeah, and finds yeah. the sturdiest, most expensive pair of boots. <laughs> yeah, a noble's a noble's outfit is seventy five gold, and a royal outfit is two hundred gold. So, in between there, you could easily find some nice stuff. Jewelry goes. I mean, you can go way, way up there in jewelry. If Still, you really though, spend seven hundred and fifty on clothes. Seven hundred and fifty well, is perfectly he, enough. Here's like, my thing, absolutely. though. Is in the noble's outfit text. It says a would-be noble also needs a signet ring and jewelry yes. worth at least a hundred yep. gold to accessorize the outfit. So Kieran is going like he's he's going all out on these. So you guys are getting jewelry as well. So question about the signet ring. I imagine you can get like a custom symbol made for those. Yeah. 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 Is is everybody getting 
Any particular thing for the signet ring? No way they have like brands because you'd have to like make a cast. To... Yeah, Carver, they have? Yes, we have. Uh, we have some casts that we could do. It 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 would take a little bit of time, but I mean, it would be ready much sooner than you would think. Uh, the the fine gentlemen here at these establishments have such a high degree of craftsmanship that they can they can make these rather quickly. Are you serious? Yes, if you would like a custom uh, a custom sig- uh, sigil here, by all means. Uh, you might have to draw it out yourself, or perhaps help them draw it out to be uh, satisfactory. But um, yeah, uh, I uh, okay. Uh, and now, now Gideon has interest in it because <laughs> uh, it intersects with his painting and veneration for for Shailen, you know, the goddess of arts and all that. So he's all like, mm, no, "Let's do this." Gideon, you should do a ring for each of your deities, and you can go bling bling it down the street. Do you think I should get one for each one of them? Yeah, sure, why not? I mean, uh, Husky should do toe rings, too. Yeah, it's it's on me, Gideon, so if you want one for each finger, go, go for I it. I don't need one for each finger, but... Oh, yeah, I mean, you need at least two open for the specialty magical rings, though. Yeah, I have them. I have them. So, you really only have, you know, eight fingers to go with. Yeah. And ten toes. True. Right, I hear you dwarves like to wear the toe rings. Yes. Yes, yes, we do. That is a cultural icon of our toe ring. Let's just say that the more gems you can keep on yourself, the closer you are to the earth itself. Indeed. <laughs> I can respect that. That's I can respect that's, that. That's pretty good. Um, so Gideon, Gideon actually will go ahead. Like he'll start like communicating with the uh, the craftsman there. Like, oh, can you make it? You know, accommodate how he has to get the gauntlets to his armor on. Um, yeah, I'm going to pick some deities and I'm going to get probably four rings. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Kieran already has a signet ring. That's what his ring of protection is. So he doesn't okay. need a, a signet ring. So, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So you're just keeping your old one. Gotcha. Yes, but he will commission a an ear cuff that he's sketched in his journal that is like a dragon that's going to like curl around his ear. So he's, he's going to provide his sketch his sketches to a metal worker. Trying to keep Morgadon near you. <laughs> so just so I have a um, general idea, would it be like somewhat reminiscent to like the Skyrim dragon sy- symbol? You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I actually... That's, that's the first one that comes to my head. Would it be anything reminiscent to that kind of, just so I have an image um, in, in my head? It doesn't have to be the same, just like... Well, general. I have an image of... Oh, let me see if I can find it. I can send it to you. Is there a ranger symbol that I can use? Uh, the rangers, I believe they do have... They do have, yeah. Yeah, so here I can... They have this one. Yeah! Let's do that in, like, a really cool forest fiend uh, green. Okay, absolutely. Oren, is there anything specific that you would like? I mean, I'd, I'd be happy to take a Torag signet ring. That sounds quite nice. Nothing ostentatious. But, yeah, the, the, the Torag one, they have plenty of those pre-made, <laughs> sure. so you don't have to wait for those at yeah. all. He gets five rings on one hand, one for each letter, so it says Torag when he holds Torag. a fist. I just see us at like a gift shop, and like there's all these rings with like your name on them. It is <laughs> yeah. Ozin, Orim, Ora. Ah, here it is, Orin. <laughs> and like we're over here, like okay, oh, we get like the custom test pennies, <laughs> you know, just waiting. <laughs> 
Just waiting for like oh, 30 minutes. That's great. <laughs> and Orin's already done at the gift shop. He found what he needed. <laughs> yeah, so they uh, they can get all those. Oh, wow, that is intricate. And if I need to do more than 750 for all this, I will. I can go 1,000 from my stuff. That's probably fair because there's quite a few signet rings being going around. But that would probably be enough, I think. Okay. For all of the outfits, all the rings, any other uh, accessories that you'd like. Yeah. And and Kieran's also going to get a couple additional, like, practical outfits. Not just, like, he's going all out on the fancy stuff, but also he's going to stock up for future journeys. Yeah, you should probably get some clothes for more summertime and hot weather. Yeah, right. I've been wearing this cold weather gear for so long. But, excellent. You guys have great taste down here. This is very well-made clothing, and... I also would ask that the dragon ear cuff be made out of like a special metal. I was looking through the special materials and I didn't find anything like particularly cool, but. Well, some of the common ones are cold iron, of course, mithril, adamantane. Those are rather expensive. There's a. I like. I have forged steel. Mithril sounds really neat. Mithril's very lightweight, very durable. Yes. Right. Is there any way that you can add in some like. Well, you know what? It might be better if it's like a darker metal, actually. If there's any way you could put in like blue dyes into it as well, that would be neat. Well, I think mithril is a, is, it is naturally sort of a, uh, I mean, it mostly looks like silver, but it has a bit of a blue tinge to it. All right. Well, that, that works for me. I can do that. But uh, yeah, we could, we could certainly have someone here. I'm, I'm sure they could uh, add in a little bit of a, a bluish tint uh, more so than usual to it, I'm sure. Excellent. Fantastic. So, how much would it cost, and would it be possible for um, the uh, all of the painted held heraldry and designs that Gideon has done himself on his armor pieces and on his shield and stuff? How much do you think it would cost, and would it be possible for them to like etch those in, or like and further engrave them somehow into the metal without compromising its durability? I would say. So, how many are you thinking? Um, so he's, cause he's got the shield that's got a custom emblem. So that would be chief priority one, if you could get that done. And then each of his different pieces of full plate have, he's, he does paints. He paints the edging on them, like the thorns and the rose petals and stuff. So if they could, uh, basically gone to go over where he's already painted and just etch those designs in, that's what you would want. Yeah. I would say, um, so they're large symbols all across your shield and armor yeah okay so with that uh it would probably take it would probably take a couple hours to do that yeah i have no idea because <laughs> um, it's etching into metal i'd even wait you days wanna, yeah. you, know, you don't want to break it or anything um i would say for probably 50 gold they could get it done in a day if you wanted it done really fast yeah I'll, I'll absolutely uh, spend the gold for that. No problem. Okay. Yep. Consider it uh, underway. And yeah, so as you guys are walking around from place to place and you're doing all these things, Carburton again would continue speaking about things. Like, he would continue on about like details about the uh, the Malthuni attacks and, and he'll be rather um, rather proud about what he says things like, yes, sir, Morthun's army continually blunts itself against our defenses, unable to fully dismantle our sturdy stone bulwarks. The subsettlement of Skyhome 
has repeatedly fallen to Morthuni aggression, but most times it has already been abandoned by the time the army matches, uh, marches up the wide entry stairs. Uh, Renzo sees the eventual need to retreat to the mountain hold, but uh, she assumes that uh, the Morthuni also realize that such a battle for the upper fastness is just a preview of the hardship to come in assaulting the mountain's interior. Uh, the even-handed Synod holds routine discussions on how to proceed should the upper fastness fall. Ample food stores and underground farming ensure that we can last for centuries before worrying about starvation. While much of our armed forces are engaged on the surface, there is no doubt that should the mountain hold come under threat, the divine defenders of Trude will lead the active defense against the human aggressions, aggressors. Uh, even then, the the mechanics of the elevators connecting the mountain hold to the upper fastness are such that we could easily just lower the elevators and prevent them from returning to the surface, effectively isolating the interior city from a traditional siege. All of these considerations, when combined with our ongoing successes, mean that the citizens here feel little active pressure regarding the human siege. They view the assault as a reaffirmation of our martial prowess and the pig-headed nature of Morthoon. After all, two years is a short time in, this, in the lifespan of a dwarf, and thus far, thus far Morthoon has, in our eyes, only managed to displace and inconvenience a number of merchants. Uh, to that point, I, I do wonder about... Um, I, I vaguely understand the, the complicated politics of why Morthoon believes they have claim over Nirmathi soil. What... Why try them so often, or stake claim to Kragadan? Surely this has been dwarven land for even before the Malthoon had empire near here, is that correct? Oh yes, this, as I said, this was dwarven land before any of the humans came here. Well, it was originally dwarven land. Yeah, um, it was after the quest for Sky, to be fair, but yeah. Yes, yes, of course. We expanded into this territory. Uh, we didn't find any real inhabitants during the time. The orcs had sort of wiped out anyone who was nearby. But the Kellids came by every now and then, but they were nomadic. They never stayed, so they didn't really care about who owned the land. It wasn't until Taldor came that they asked for land in the area, and we ceded it to them for a buffer between us and Belkson. And then, of course, you're probably more familiar with some of this than me. Taldor ran into some issues, political issues, and eventually, I believe it was... I believe it was Cheliax that... Uh, seceded uh, Taldor, and then eventually Morthun uh, broke free of Cheliax, and then Nirmathos broke free of Morthun, is, is my understanding of how it went, but most current owner of the land, other than Nirmathos, of course, but no human would have the, the memory to recall the original claim. Morthun? Wait, say that again. Other than Nirmathos, Morthun was the most recent human organization to own the lands. Ah, oh, other Nirmathos. Yes, yes. Prior to Nirmathos, it was Morthun. Prior to then, Cheliax and so on. Um, but that is why Morthun sees it as their most recent claim, but they, they don't really recognize any claims prior. Of course not. Um, so, uh, but, but why why try to take Kragadan then? What, what do you think motivates that decision? I mean, for all that Morthun is, normally they are, on some level, legalistic about internally justifying their campaigns and not... Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know what has possessed them to take these actions. I mean, I can understand 
they might have desire to enter the vaults and gather ancient dwarven artifacts to aid them in their continual attempts to reclaim Nirmathos, but in terms of imprisoning diplomats or laying siege to us, I... Yeah, that, I seems, that, seems, that seems quite strange. Well, really, the diplomats is the only thing that I can't currently wrap my head around. I can understand that they might use that as a an excuse to wage a campaign, but to be perfectly honest, I, myself and any of the other military advisors here in Kragadan, including Renzo herself, I, we don't see any possible avenue to victory for Mothun. Uh, every significant advance that they make against us, they eventually have to recall their forces because of our light concentrated fire, and then we just reclaim anything that they took. It's been a back and forth, and even if they do push us to the mountain hold, as I've already said, that's that's the beginning of the siege at that point. I, I don't know what pushes them to be so consistent. I'll, I'll be honest with you, politics sometimes evade me, but I, I cannot understand at all what would motivate uh, Teldas as an individual or Malthun as a nation to think that Surely the capturing of your diplomats would be seen as a declaration of war, nothing less. But surely there's no, like you mentioned, victory for them. I can only imagine that it might be overconfidence. Uh, Mothun has always had a very strong military. Their navy especially has been uh, rather superior. But of course, their navy means nothing against us. And while their, their ground forces are more mobile than Kragadan's, and mobility is what ultimately led to our defeat... The, the punitive forces defeat. I I think perhaps they overestimate their military forces and they don't truly they don't truly grasp how how difficult it would be to really lay siege to, to Kragadan. I don't think they they've fully understood that yet. No. I've heard that the I've heard that the military commander for them has voiced complaints from what I understood that his higher-ups have demanded that his siege not result in the destruction of any, I guess they would call it, historical artifacts. Hence why the Molthoni siege has not really shown much siege equipment. They haven't bombarded us with catapults to destroy everything, and that's sort of hampered their efforts even further. Uh, I, I really struggle to understand it. Jester... What, what has been the result of Malthun's aggression against Nirmathos? Surely the rangers continue to hold them off because Nirmathos exists as a country. That's, that's where I walked from free before the Iron Fang Legion. I recognize that Malthun has military strength, but they don't seem quite successful in their most recent endeavors. Well, you know, it's not enough to go a battle. You know, every other year it seems like somebody else is on top, and uh, but you know, we stand firm. I don't unfortunately know much anymore, especially now with the Unfrained Legion pretty much putting a kibosh on a lot of the rangers. Well, if I might add something, I, I'm quite far removed from all of this, but I have background as a soldier, and I've spent some time in Nirmathos, and for me, the terrain is probably one of the biggest advantages that Nirmathos has. If you've got an organized military, it's going to be hard to move through a forest like the Fangwood. You know, outside of the Iron Fang with their towers popping up here and there, I don't think they would have either, either been uh, successful at taking over Nirmathos had they not had the advantage of mobility. Well, and I think, unfortunately, that's 
where that the surprise attack from the Legion really caught us a lot off guard here. I mean, Althuni soldiers are probably a little bit more predictable, but uh, yeah, we had the home field advantage for a while. I don't know. This the more I hear about it, I I really question Malthun's judgment, and I've already decided to defend Nirmathos and pledge shield against aggression, and I've seen them as that. But the more and more I hear, it's the motives don't seem to make much sense, unless it really is as well sinister as one might think. Well, who knows what they think over there? But uh, to be perfectly honest, it hasn't served to inhibit our daily life too much. That's fascinating. Really fascinating. I just was thinking that it, it has affected Neomethos. That's very true, but they don't have the strongholds like this. Yes, well, uh, we were on our way to dinner, were we not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll treat you all to dinner. Although I don't know if we'll be able to get into anything truly nice like what I have in mind today. I don't know if you need reservations in advance or not, but... Well, reservations would probably be best, but uh, I think they would likely have an open room reserved if I'm with you. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Now we're really partying in style. Someone as renowned as yourself, you're saying? Well, I I tend to have a good reputation, yes. Ah, so do we, where we're from. I have a, a reputation. Not exactly always good. But <laughs> uh, good enough. Great. Now, how far do we have to walk to get there? Is that back on the other side of the city? You better um, not say. Another two miles. So... I mean, it's not all the way back. That's all right. It's, it's closer right. to like the center of the city, so it's like a mile and a half. That's fine. It's That's fine. Fine. It's fine. Done worse. We walked 130 miles in the yeah. Darklands. No I've problem. I've marched before. I've marched before. Just on a day of leisure, you don't expect that, you know? <laughs> don't, don't they have a little, I don't know, some taxes that you can get? Ah, no. Unfortunately, dwarves are perfectly content to uh, walk around. <laughs> At 20 foot base speed. We're good at trudging. <laughs> right. <laughs> just trudge to the next spot. Alright, well, yeah. lead on. Trudge ahead. So yeah, he leads you to a restaurant that's here in like the center section of the city. And uh, you go in there and again, it is lavish. And they take you up and it's like the third story of this, uh, this high, high class restaurant. And you guys can order all pretty much anything that you would like to order. Okay, what's that going to put me back? <laughs> like, um, let me see. 500 gold? Because I'll do it. Holy moly. It be that much. So, food and drink. Uh, so, even if you got like fine wine or like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like named like old law whiskey type stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. We're we'll <laughs> some old law whiskey. <laughs> today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, old law whiskey is like 20 gold per bottle. Isn't that okay? Real quick, going back all the way to when we first escaped Feindar and we first set up camp, and Volus came back, we yep. shared a, a bottle, bottle of was it Old Law whiskey? It was. I think somebody had Old Law whiskey. Yeah, it's it's a uh, very expensive, well known. Well, yeah, we're definitely doing that. Yeah, and it says that a banquet per person is ten gold. So I'd say if you wanted to get like really nice whiskey for everybody. It says caviar is 50 gold. Anybody want caviar? Oh, yeah. 100%. So that would probably be <laughs> like 75 per person. Okay. Easy. 
I'm just going to drop 500. Listen, I just want to point out something. We're inside of a mountain stronghold. Don't ask where the caviar came from. Okay? <laughs> well, uh, uh, what I know is that uh, he did mention underground farming. So yeah. they have their own like fisheries system down here. Yeah, surely they have fisheries. And uh, again, so this this chamber. Hey, let fish. me just measure it. Let me just measure it from one side to the other. This chamber is seventeen hundred, no, seventeen thousand feet long and twelve thousand feet wide. There is a lot of land here, so. Yeah, they've they've got their own whole ecosystem. Oh, is there a roof above? Us? Are we like in a cabin? Yeah. Like a cabin? Yeah, so again, this is an this is an enormous enclosed chamber underground. Oh my god! You have trouble. you have the iron like cauldron brazier type thing at the ceiling that is reflecting light off of the minerals in the chamber ceiling, and that's what's creating all the light. There's like a mini sun in this chamber, but it's all underground. And on either side of this chamber, you have like the cliff edges with the, where it says the edge mines. And if you go down enough, that just leads to the lava below. So this whole place is a chamber that is like above the lava, which powers everything from steam and whatnot. So it's it's a marvel of engineering. So basically, Kieran's going to wake up in the morning and do his his six uh, or sorry, his 10K run, just running from one side of the yeah. city to the other and back. <laughs> Yeah. You said powers. And you're going to make a guard run with you. Yeah. Do they have steam power? Do they have electricity here? Uh, they would They would almost certainly have to have steam power. Because, again, you saw all those metal and ceramic pipes that are siphoning steam and gas from below. And, like, if you brought that up to Carver and he would, he would mention, he's like, yes, we use those for power, but uh, we also use those to monitor the volcanic activity. We don't want anything to grow. You know, we don't want too much pressure down there for obvious reasons. Um, but yes, we've engineered it so that, again, the bathhouse is powered by the lava far below, and many of our other amenities are. Uh, is uh, is Kragadan kind of like dwarven steampunky? Uh, it probably all would dwarven be, yeah. stuff steampunky. I mean, isn't all dwarven stuff like that? No. <laughs> Can I say something real stupid? I'll just throw myself sure. under the bus here. So Josh was like, oh, do they have electricity? And I was like, wait, there's electricity? <laughs> Forgetting that. That's what my character... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have electricity? They have what? Electricity. So, yeah, you guys have your fine dining. And by the time you get through all that, I don't know if there's anything else you want to ask, Carver. And the only, the only thing I have left is information about the even-handed synod itself, but I've pretty much exhausted everything else that I had written. No, I, I don't want to hear anymore. <laughs> I'll read it. I'll read it later. Yeah, the the only other thing, and I was talking with Jason about this out of game, is uh, over the next couple of days or whatever, and we can role play this, but uh, would be like the buying and selling of items. So we have a whole bunch of stuff in our inventory that we got to sell off. And it currently came to like 91,000 of sale value of items. But Jason said that just due to Kragadan being in a siege that he's going to cap it at I think he's at 75,000 Jason yeah so Kragadan has enough so they haven't had foreign trade everything has been internal for the whole time so they can muster up they can purchase like 75,000 gold worth of stuff um, but most of that stuff I'm going to hand wave and it's just going to be like go ahead and sell 75,000 gold worth of whatever items you don't want and then you'll have your your cash that you have plus that, and then you can 
split that up and use that to purchase anything that you might want. Uh, if you go to the handouts, uh, you should see there's a couple more handouts. There's a handout for Kragadan under campaign lore. If you wanted to read all about Kragadan, most of, it, most of that I've, I've told you, but there might be some other details I skipped over. There is a handout for Carbert and Lightbrand, which shows the, the creature on the staff, by the way, which I highly, I'll show it to you. That's what it looks like. Is that an imp? You would you would be able to tell anybody with knowledge planes. It is a magma method. Oh, a method. That's what I meant. I've seen water yeah. methods. Both, okay. of them, both of them have have spectacles on, and the method will this whole time. The method mirrors like everything that he does. Like anything that Carburton does, the method like does the same motion. So did the method get in the bath with us? Yeah. Nice. And methods, they're not evil. They're just neutral dudes, right? Yeah, so magma methods are neutral, yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Because I remember imps, you have to be evil aligned to have one of them, so I didn't think he had an imp. So there's that handout if you wanted to read more about himself. Uh, and then the one that I actually wanted to talk to you about is in uh, book four under handouts, there's the actual statistics for Kragadan. So um, the base value is 9,600. So... Uh, you basically have a really good chance of finding anything at that value or below. In oh Kragadan. no, I want something for 10,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, are you serious? 400 gold pieces? Unfortunately, yeah, so it says under besieged, it says decrease purchase limit by 20%. So unfortunately. Oh no! Because they are under siege, this unfortunately is the case. So the 9,600 is after the 20%? Uh, yes. Okay, okay. I believe so. So, yep. yeah. So what because I'm going to do... Because it says, no, to illustrate a Kragadan prior to the siege, this is a disadvantage in racially intolerant quantities should be removed. from this. So it's included, yes. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I will tally up with the, the gold that we have plus the gold we'll get from selling those items, and then I'll let everybody know what we have to spend, and then this next week we can decide what we're buying. Oh... So if something is above the base value, you have to roll to see if you can find it? Is that how it works? Or is it not You have possible? to roll even if it's under it. So purchase limit, let me read that again for everybody here. Don't cities also have... Oh, there it is. Did you roll the minor, medium, and major items? I have not, but I can do that sometime this coming week. So purchase limit. This section lists the community's uh, base value for magic items and gold pieces. There is a 75% chance that any item of this value or lower can be found for sale in the community with little effort. So that implies to me that you could find something above it, but it would be a lower percentage than 75%. Okay, I'm willing to negotiate with you and figure that out if you're willing to do that too. Yeah, and if it, it says if an item is not available, a new check to determine if it becomes available can be made in one week. So depending on how long you're here, there might be multiple chances of you. Can you guys imagine if we had all those cloaks still that we could sell? Right? <laughs> Would have been nice. Man, I am loving Kragadan so much. I'm not even joking. I know we got a huge lore expo dump, but I'm like, yes, tell me more. <laughs> yeah, it, it says when you first meet Carburton, it um, gives a little bit of insight into how he handles things. It says he takes some time to explain the city's recent history, starting with the intrusion, yada yada, uh, historical information, and then. Uh, yeah, it says that he is he is very, very open to talk to you about anything, pretty much. He is fascinated. It says that he is fascinated by the PCs and their stories and their habits and everything about them. So he's a level 10 wizard. 
Yeah. And uh, Prince Gorn is cool. He's a Bard 7 and Pathfinder Chronicler 2. It's pretty cool. A stalwart defender? Did you see in the details there the... um, This is actually a different handout, but... The handout that talks... No, it's in the Kragadan. At the very bottom of the Kragadan, when it says Molthoon's Advance, uh, the the general for uh, Molthoon is a Bard 4, Cavalier 7, Battle Herald 3. Hey, that was like Elwood's first concept build. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. But yeah, I think uh, we will end this session with you guys settling in for the day here at Kragadan, your first your first basically end of the half day at Kragadan, and decide if there's anything specific you want to do or if you just want to handle purchasing stuff out of game and then we can maybe if you want we can forward time a little bit next session and just go to the council meeting or like we can handle that however you want to do just think about how you want to do things let me know and uh next next week when we meet back up we'll figure out how we want to proceed in Kragadan. <laughs>